Welcome to another edition of Mass, Mats, and Mayhem. I am your host, Justin Harvey. That's at Justin Harvey 75. The, I, I paused a little bit because the mood has changed. Dude, can you do like cane lighting? We've got like a light show going on Red. in this place. So we're recording this out of uh, Fever Studios today. And, uh yeah, there's there's damn purple and red lights and shit in here. Oh, it's... I got the fucking Undertaker lighting in here, dude. It's pretty cool. Okay, so what's your name? Uh, Byron. Byron Fever at Snapchat. Uh, Venmo. Um, what the fuck is Venmo? PayPal. Are you asking for money? Instagram. I told you about. I'm not asking. I'm, I'm suggesting. Uh, yeah, all the social media. PSN. Uh, PSN. You're Byron Fever. I'm on PSN. If you play on the PlayStation Network, you can find me and see that he's never on. Next time I log in in the next month, I will accept your friend request. I don't think it's in the next month. Uh, this is Casey Nielsen at Lucha Gringo. Is that at Lucha Gringo on Instagram? No, that's in- someone else actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's the real one. Yeah, I don't have an Instagram. And someone mm. else took my name mm. and That's made it their Instagram. Up. I know we talked about it last week, but it's still messed up. It's, it's weird, though, because I don't know who came first. I haven't seen any documentation. I don't, I don't care. Oh, look, actually, look, as much as we want to hate on Casey, he came first. I've had that name since 2007. Well, t- typically, that's true. Like, in the grand scheme of the world... How many people recognize him as Lucha Gringo compared to this other schmuck? But his Twitter profile goes back like only like. Now a this month. other guy goes to the temple too, doesn't he? He does. Should yeah. I beat him up? Do I know him? No, Have I we met know this guy. Him. He's all right. Look, okay, I, I, I want to keep it all love in the Lucha Click. I don't want to hate yeah. on anybody who spends any of their time going to the temple. Because... Except for the last real girls and heels. I heard that show sucks. Oh, uh, are we starting already? Hey, let I'm me, sorry. I just let me don't do the know show what a... breakdown, and I'll give I'll give you some time to air out your your grievances because yeah. I think airing other grievances. We might have to shoot on a fool today. Just I, I just don't know what a butt dumpling is, and I know a dumpling is something you eat. So I think Urban's saying he wants to eat my ass, which is fucking disgusting, dude. <laughs> I don't think that's. Mm. It I, might it might have been. I don't think it was, but I don't. I can't rule it out. I don't well, like dudes, Urban. I have like a girlfriend. So Step off. Let me give you a quick preview of what's going on today, people, so you know what to expect. I've been told that I should do this at the beginning of the show so people know what they're getting into. Oh, my God. The lights keep changing. Yeah, I kind of like it. It's kind of sexy. So. Um, so we do have a huge show today. We're going to talk about Lucha Underground, uh, including the fucking nunchuck brawl. Oh, yeah. Suck. Jesus Christ. Uh, we got Nate and Connor stuff to talk about. Brock yeah. Lesnar stuff to talk about today. CM Punk stuff to talk about. I don't even know what? if you guys know about this. We'll get to that. I know um, about it. We might mention the Lucha Libre World Cup, UFC eh. 199, SummerSlam, totally uh, jam-packed edition of MMM Show. Yeah. I hate doing this. I hate, hate, hate doing this. In the very, very short history of this show, we have had to do this too many fucking times already. Um, but... We almost talked about it last week. I'm kind of glad we didn't because it would have been a little bit strange. Uh, I would have felt like I was hovering over a grave. But we, we didn't mention uh, Muhammad Ali last week. Oh. And we, we were going to. It was actually on our list of things to talk about. And we actually just kind of skipped over it. Um, now we got another one to talk but about, But Yeah, so oh. we'll, and we'll get to that one. Yeah. But first, uh, the greatest. Here's what I got to say about the greatest. I grew up a boxing fan because of Muhammad Ali and stayed a boxing fan once I learned about Cassius Clay. (laughs) 
And something about the persona of Muhammad Ali, especially when I was a kid and, uh, you know, he just, he loomed larger than life. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I understood all of it or not, because by the time I, Muhammad Ali came into my consciousness, he was already a hero. But the, the thing I want people to remember is this wasn't a guy who was a hero because he was trying to be a hero. This was a guy that bucked the system, did everything the opposite of what would have been looked at as being a hero at the time, mm-hmm. and turned those actions into being a hero. I mean, people still hate on the politics of Malcolm X and some more of the militant and progressive black ideology of the time, but not Muhammad Ali. Nope. He took all of that ideology and made it about who you are as a person. He made it about personal identity. He made it about world issues and didn't make it just about uh, anti-government sentiment. He didn't make it an anti-white sentiment. Mm -hmm. He basically empowered black people by, by saying, this is who we are as a people, and I am out here willing to stand up for it, fight for it almost literally in the ring, Mm-hmm. To the point where he made other guys look like bad guys that weren't even necessarily bad guys. And he talked shit. He was big. He was bold. He was brash. He was James Brown of combat sports. He mm-hmm. was that to my whole generation. And from the time I was little, he was already there and it was already established. So I feel like I have a debt owed to Muhammad Ali and the fact that I grew up in a world that was just slightly better because of everything he did before I even got there. So to Cassius Clay, Muhammad Ali, brother, thank you for everything that you put into the sport, that you put into life, that you put into social consciousness and awareness, because it paid off for a guy like me. You guys want to say anything about the greatest? Hey, you know, we wouldn't have MMA, maybe, without Muhammad Ali. Uh, A lot of you guys probably heard about the match he had with Antonio Noki. And oh yeah, that, awesome story. Uh-huh. Yeah, shitty match, awesome story, <laughs> but it was a shoot. And the reason it was a shoot is because neither guy wanted to put the other guy over. Yeah. So, um, so you got these. I mean, guys. why would they want to though? I mean, these guys were both superstars in their own right. Right. But, but you're also you're protecting your business. You're yeah. you're fighting for a lot of people. But Anoki was a guy that would pay a guy a lot of money to take the fall to him that was a legit martial artist. And that's how he built his legend in Japan, basically. So he would have everyone from like legit Olympic wrestlers from Russia to motherfuckers from like, you know, real martial artists jobbing to him, right? That didn't happen with Ali. He didn't want to have any of that shit because he's fucking Muhammad Ali. Right. So you have you have Anoki, you have Ali, you have this weird standoff. Judo Jean LaBelle's the fucking ref. ref yeah. yeah, that's and, so awesome. Yeah, and it's like this helped wrestling out around the world because in the United States alone, like every territory had their own version of that show. So they would show that match on closed circuit television and then they would have their own promotion doing matches before it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Did you hear about the story that was going around Twitter um, from, uh, was it Freddie Blassie's book? Yeah. About him and him and Vince Jr.? Yeah. Yeah. That, um, I actually, my favorite Muhammad Ali story is from Flair's book about Korea. Oh, that's, yeah. I, I, see, now I love the Korea story, too, because... I don't know it. Because, okay, basically, right you know... Oh, you can go ahead and re- yeah, relay yeah. it, because it's this is a great story. And to me, this is exactly what I was talking about. It shows who 
Muhammad Ali was as a man, even further down the line when he was a little jacked up from the Parkinson's and other stuff that was going on with him. Yeah, Go this ahead. is yeah, this is direct from like my Facebook post. So it, it's this is my telling of someone else's story. But uh, back in 1995, pro wrestling legend and weird dictator lover Antonio Noki. This is true. He was like bros with Castro and shit. There's someone at your door, Byron. Decided to do a wrestling show in North Korea. Brought wrestlers from around the world to appear. And brought his own old opponent, Muhammad Ali, along. It was pretty fucked up. You know, they told the Koreans that the whole thing was like a shoot. So they're expecting pro wrestling to be a legitimate athletic competition. Uh, the government forced 200,000 people into the arena. And the audience is doing like all these like Jesus. fucked up coordinated like picture shows with cardboard like <laughs> oh we're flowers now we're the the korean flag i mean right? look when you don't really have freedom uh, no the, uh, holding up a card on cue at gunpoint might be the coolest thing that happens to you in a week see the thing is though like the american wrestlers didn't have freedom either they were taken around by these guys with fucking guns showing them all the sights and making them hang out with government people and byron uh, your cat's gonna die it's trying know, to balance like, uh, on this pizza box Fucking Scott Norton tried calling his wife at home. <laughs> Sorry, we're having pizza issues and cat issues. Uh, Billy um, Fever's trying to make her cameo for the So day. Scott Norton tried calling his wife at home, for example, and right. she's like, how do you like it? He's like, I fucking hate it here. Call cuts out. So that's the kind of shit they're dealing with. So Flair and Anoki are at dinner with a bunch of the Good dignitaries Lord. there, and they're telling everyone through a translator how awesome Korea is and how much America sucks. They should have taken Dennis Rodman with them. Yeah. That would have smoothed it all over. And fucking Anoki, you know, he's full on Parkinson's at this point. The only time he talks the whole trip is during this dinner. He says, man, no, no wonder we hate these motherfuckers. <laughs> and Flair fucking freaks out. He's like, now you decide to say something? But that's, that's Muhammad one, Ali, dude. That's the one thing Ali had to say was, no wonder we hate these fools. And he was a guy that was all for world peace. He fucking negotiated hostages being released from the Middle East and shit yeah, like I that. Mean, no, fucking, yeah, fucking Rodman, Muhammad right. Ali, dude. Oh. And then you got Anoki, who's this weird fan Rodman of dictators. Rodman negotiate his dick out of his own pants. Come he, on. He solved North Korea for us. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look how well it's gone. Wow. So back to Muhammad Ali, who I'm not equating with Dennis Rodman in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, great man. Complete legend. Like, okay, like. We would play all these weird Japanese wrestling games and they'd have one boxer in it. It would be Muhammad Ali. Byron, did you just mix vodka and Jameson together? Not on purpose. <laughs> okay. I don't know what the fuck Byron's doing. Uh, um, I am the sober member of this step, podcast. Your cat's trying to step on the I can't wait to eat some pizza. Too, You're probably going to hear a lot of chewing, but uh, moving along, Justin, I'll send it back to you. All right, so well, while Byron serves up the pizza, I want to address, uh, and again, the, the greatest. That's all I can say. Yeah. Just the greatest. There's the a reason greatest. why he got that name. The promos, the in-ring work, and, and him overcoming his personal fears as a man in the ring and outside of the ring to to achieve that greatness is why you get an individual like that. Yeah. Now, I do see some parallels in the other fighter that we lost this week, uh, Kimbo Slice. And I know people Man. are going to be like, damn, you can't really draw comparisons between Muhammad Ali and Kimbo Slice. You can and you can't. A, they both had a different name at one point in time. These are two mm -hmm. guys who made themselves famous fighting. Now, given Cassius Clay was plenty famous in his own right and that's more like the difference between pretty boy floyd mayweather and money mayweather mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean that's that that difference is along those lines but kevin ferguson 
It's a guy who was born in the islands and then raised in, you know, shitty neighborhoods in Miami mm-hmm. and, you know, was a bouncer in strip clubs and c- kind of got in with some porn dudes. Mm-hmm. Now, people don't necessarily see the direct equation, but when Muhammad Ali got involved with the Nation of Islam, people looked at it the same way as when Kevin Ferguson or Kimbo was getting involved with these dudes who were basically purveyors of porn. Mm-hmm. They were not seen as the good guys by the average person. No. But through them posting his street fights and whatnot, all of a sudden he becomes this iconic legend and yeah. the stuff of, of myths. I mean, like... It went back to when when people didn't know wrestling was fake and the kind of talk you would get like, oh, if Steamboat and Flair met in a dark alley or could, you know, Hulk Hogan beat up Bruce Lee. Like you started getting that <laughs> no, kind of conversation again, though, because of Kimbo Slice. Mm-hmm. He took people's fascination with combat and, and brought back that youthful exuberance. Now. I don't know if I necessarily agree with how some of that was done. It was so over the top. Some of those street fights were brutal, ugly, awful, terrible things to watch. People almost losing their eyes. Yeah, I mean, like, they were real fucking street fights. And whether it was a work or not in the the setup of the match, the punches to the face were not work. They were fucking legit. They were Mm -hmm. shoot. They were in people's faces. And Kimbo took ownership of that. I mean, here's a guy who's pulling himself up by his bootstraps, and I don't think that he felt like he really had much else to offer in life but this. And he tried to use it to make his family situation better and take care of his kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I met Kimbo once or twice uh, through the Tap Out guys. He had a Tap Out sponsorship during the period of time when I knew those guys. And, and Mask always loved uh, Kimbo because he was real in a different way. Like he was soft spoken. It made him scarier. Like he could talk, he could hype stuff up. He knew how to do it. He knew how to play the game. He knew how to cut a promo, but he didn't need to. That motherfucker would just look at you. And it was like, dude, this dude would legit put Mm -hmm. me in the dirt. Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever saw him look mad or purposely look mean, but he was always just so intimidating. Like his, the beard, the, the arms are just huge, you know? Like, he looked like he could do some damage. And he could swing. The motherfucker could swing. I mean, look. So, for whatever you'll say about Kimbo, he still pulled <clears throat> the highest network ratings for MMA. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people who weren't like uh, me and who weren't, you know, true fans of the sport, mm-hmm. he was one of the first big draws of it. He was like to the early MMA fan, what a Tank Abbott or somebody like that was. Yeah, it was a yeah. little brutal and harsh or whatever. It wasn't necessarily uh, artistic to see <laughs> Tank Abbott fight, nor was it artistic to see Kimbo fight. He but wasn't was painting fun. a picture out there. He wasn't a mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu yeah. master. Um, and Kimbo got exposed. <clears throat> we know he wasn't the greatest, like mm-hmm. especially for MMA. And it was almost unfortunate that MMA in Kimbo's day was the more legitimate of the combat sports out there because actually as a boxer, he was seven and zero, and he had some, some real boxing matches out there. And, and that was part of kind of what was going on behind the scenes that people didn't really realize is that mm-hmm. Kimbo was trying to slowly build himself up as a boxer. And it's almost a shame. He didn't get to go that route, but he went on ultimate fighter. He did mm-hmm. this, that, and the other thing. <clears throat> so 
his legacy became more of an MMA fighter, but he wasn't. He was not a mixed martial artist. He knows mm. a martial art, street fighting. He is a black belt in I'm going to whoop your ass in the alley. Mm-hmm. That's it. And as that, as a master of that one art, he was the pinnacle. He will probably be the top of that game that you'll ever see because you're never going to see street fighting like it came out of Miami in that period of time ever again. Nothing like that's ever going to happen again. The internet's too old and wise now. As much <laughs> as Dogfight tried to make it happen again, it's not. No, you know? it's not. Um, so anyway, rest in peace to the greatest Muhammad Ali. Rest in peace to Kimbo Slice. Um, for those who haven't heard, um, it was officially heart complications, heart mm-hmm. issues. He was in the hospital for a while. He was on a transplant list. They were supposed to be trying Fuck. to take him to Cleveland, my hometown, the Cleveland Clinic, to get him a heart transplant. He didn't make it that far. Uh, There's a lot of rumors and speculation out there that a combination of cocaine and steroids may have had complications with it. It's all unconfirmed, Uh, though we do know he popped hot for PEDs after the Dada 5000 fight. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, that was overturned as a no contest. A lot of people didn't even realize that until he died. Because yeah, I didn't even hear that until he spread. Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, the story of that was Dada having like multiple heart attacks. Yeah, and look, of the two people to die. Mm-hmm. You, you didn't expect to, to open up the internet and see that it was Kimbo that died. I mean, mm-hmm. it was like if it had been Donna, everyone was like, yeah, that, that fool blew up his heart. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, Kevin might not have been living the cleanest lifestyle, but he was trying to do right by his family. He was booked for a fight that uh, was probably going to get canceled anyway because of some of the complications he had. Mm-hmm. But sad, unfortunate news. Hate starting shows off like this. Let's mm-hmm. not have anyone else... Uh, important to the content of this show die again this year <laughs> except for byron let's hope they don't come in threes because i don't want to die uh you know two of the two of the all-time greatest fighters uh passing within you know a couple days of each other is just sad and disheartening mm-hmm. um so to kind of get myself out of that funk, cleanse our palate to cleanse our palate um i'm gonna ask casey a question sure why are the heels hating on you man I don't know. Casey, what did they say about you, actually? I didn't hear. Could they you tell me, me specifically? They call me a butt dumpling, which, again, I, I already said this. I don't know what that means. Well, I'm sorry. It's got some pizza Does that mean my me. ass is delicious like a dumpling to you, Urban? Maybe it's like... One I'm of those, disturbed by this. Maybe they called you one of those things, that like a dumpling that fell out of a butt. That would make sense then to me. Then he could just call me a turd, dude. Hmm. All I know is that that my homeboy Ed was right about you guys. <laughs> what did Ed say? He said last real girls and heels suck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't they don't really look like girls. I mean, J Man's kinda got that Janie Lane looking thing going on with like a mountain man wow. crossed with Janie what, Lane. What a timely reference reference there, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm just just saying. <laughs> uh. Um all right, Lucha Underground. Um, a very you could have at least done Shannon Hoon or something. Jesus. God. Oh. I don't know. I don't really have a huge problem with everything they said about you, Casey. And I also feel like through all the, the mm-hmm. um, shout-outs and the, the, um, all the people they were putting over in their podcast, I was the only one that used the actual Twitter handle. Mm. Like, they did get your Twitter handle right. They, they got my Twitter handle. They, they even crushed Large L Butcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they were follow him at large. I mean, large butcher. I mean, large <laughs> L butcher. Look, 
He does have a t-shirt shop up, shop up and he's got some dope stuff. In fact, I mm-hmm. want to get that bull one. I got to order that this week. And I got to order Vinny's shirt, too. Gotta the Masaro shirt is the dopeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got some dope merchandise up, too. Yeah. We, um, we might have some merchandise eventually, but at the same time, we're just happy you folks are listening, and we hope mm-hmm. you're entertained. And I don't really care if you send us money or not. We're not trying to make this into uh, um, mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that... that gets us mansions in the hills or anything we live in los angeles so speak for your fucking self yeah but there's no amount of money a podcast could make that could support our los angeles lifestyle anyway so why bother dude you guys not like this guy makes like five grand a month just from patreon people for his fucking podcast man know. well i mean i used to make three thousand you know a month on a website but i had to split it with a bunch of guys yeah mm. i that was I, 10 12 years ago I think uh, it's worth it just to get all the fan mail, all the questions, all like the handwritten letters that we get from our listeners. And that just makes it feel like it's worth it, you know? I liked when um, Ricky Morton from the Rock and Roll Express came to my house (laughs) and said, brother, I really love your podcast. I don't have any of that technology shit to tell you, brother, but (laughs) your shit's great. And then he did the I love you sign with his hands. Snooka? No, Piper? fucking Ricky Morton. Morton. Jesus Christ. Anyway, he did that. Byron too. doesn't even know who that is. So I'm going to get into this episode of Lucha Underground. Uh, interesting episode. Um, let's kick it right off talking about this Lotus angle. This was, to me, a very interesting way to announce to the world that Ultima Lucha Dos is coming. Yeah, it's the first mention on the air. This is <laughs> yeah. the first mention. Mm-hmm. But I think this is kind of smart because it's it, it basically like, look. It's an interesting match in the fact that we haven't seen Lotus do a lot in ring to the point where, like, didn't Vamp or Stryker even comment when she came out to ringside with Dario today about, like, oh, who's that? <laughs> yeah, we had, like, as much as we've seen her on the show. Oh, no, she was in the temple in season one. Right. She was, uh, she was just around, yeah. though. She showed up and, like, watched everyone for a minute. Yeah, but they even explained, like, oh, we haven't seen much of her. I wonder why she's out here. But so... yeah. I kind of like that they keep that backstage and front of house stuff separate. But anyway, I think that this was good in the fact that if you're going to try to get this match over at all, put it in a pivotal spot. Don't make this like the third or fourth announcement about Ultimate mm-hmm. Lucha. Make this the first one because you get a double pop out of it. A, it means people are excited like, oh shit, so the format of Lucha Underground is that we're going to get an Ultima Lucha at the end of every season? Because uh-uh. uh-huh. this is this is the public's realization of this. Like, given we knew because we were at the motherfucker, but yeah. yeah, this is the public realization of the fact that, hey, Lucha Underground's kind of following a thing here. This is our, our WrestleMania. And you get the pop out of, oh shit, like, Lotus hasn't been in the ring before, and now... She's going to take on someone who is clearly fairly adept at uh, in-ring performing. Former trios champion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Dragon Azteca or Aztec Dragon. It's one of the major storylines in Lucha Underground. Yeah. The now, somehow she has worked her way into it. And that storyline here, uh, Dario's kind of pushing it back on her that Dragon Azteca killed her family it's so funny i almost forget where that story started that yeah. was a long time ago well, when that storyline started right it's, it started season one season one well that's the only other season she said she's gonna but, get the black lotus triad on his ass yeah so. i love that which makes me a little this pizza's good go ahead bro we'll keep talking oh you want to talk about wwe right now <laughs> oh sure <laughs> not yet same <laughs> all right well I thought that was my cue, hearing you eat food. Mm, talk about Lotus. Um, 
No, but it started when she, when she got him cornered, or she got she found um, Matanza, just like Dragon Azteca Jr. found Matanza, and she's like, "Well, I'm going to go kill this dude." And Dario's like, "No, he didn't kill your parents. Uh, that Dragon Azteca guy killed no, your dude. parents." And she's like, "Oh, she was in the she was in the thing. She no, was locked dude. up." At first, it started. She started showing up. Then you're like, "Why the fuck is she showing up?" Yeah. Right? And then she's like. I'm looking for Matanza. And then Dario's like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And then, so you're wondering who the fuck's Matanza. And then we see Matanza. Yeah. So we're like, oh shit, that's Matanza. Well, we see that the guy in the cage is Matanza, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Then we find out that he's fucking Dario's brother. brother. Right. Later. Mm -hmm. So like, then it's like, whoa, fuck, dude, this is getting like really intricate. And then she thinks that he killed her parents. Mm-hmm. He says no, Dragon Azteca did, and she just believed him. Yeah, that's the thing that stands out to me. He just all Dario said was, "You know what? It wasn't the guy that you've thought your whole life. It was this other guy." And then Black Lotus just goes, "That sounds cool," and kills the new guy. Yeah, but that's amazing power of Dario Cueto, right? Yeah, and then and then this week she's like, "Wait a second, how do I know you're not lying?" And Dario goes, "You can tell I'm not lying." Because I'm not lying to you. But yeah. Dario can't have Basically. ever been worried about Black Lotus taking out Matanza. No. So was he just, is he just fun in her? I mean, is he just, he thinks it's funny. But, <laughs> but this is how baller Dario is. He's got this girl to work for him. Yeah, yeah. His brother killed her parents and now she's his bodyguard. And, and she, she probably like cleans his house and shit. Underworld, too. <laughs> uh, you know. Mafia ties. Well, depending now, on what you think triad means. Well, no, okay, so triad. Maybe she's uh, polyamorous or something. Well, triad in tri typically means three. Mm-hmm. Now, the triads was... Uh, DDP three, and Canyon and... Three games that came below. together, right? Uh-huh. But, you know, this could just be three people or it could be... Now, what nationality is she supposed to be here? So are we talking Japanese? Mm. Are we talking Yakuza stuff here? I feel very talking... uncomfortable trying to... Um, uh, yeah. I, but, I tr- but what I'm saying is triad typically does not refer to Japanese underworld activities. It's typically it's Chinese. Chinese and Korean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is obviously she's not portraying a, mm-hmm. a Japanese Yakuza type angle at this point. Do we or need maybe a- she is. Casey is throwing his hands up like, I don't know. Do we need DJ, a DJ, you might need to clarify this for us so that we don't make some inadvertently racist comment. What nationality is the Lotus supposed to be? Somewhere. Yeah, because we had enough of those last week. So, yeah. Um, do we, <laughs> Go do we have to watch like a weekend marathon of El Rey Kung Fu movies? Dude, I was telling rep- you to do this when we were getting ready for the podcast. Is that, they is had that, a 36 chamber marathon mm, on. Is that how we're going to oh, get good. the backstory on the triads? Is we have to watch a bunch of movies on No, Ray? dude, it's DDP, Canyon, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Remember when they were at Ultima Lucha <laughs> Dose and they helped her in the match? Oh, shit. I, I MVP'd it. God damn it. <laughs> MVP'd your pants. Oh, that's terrible. Um, MVP'd myself. So, anyway, we've talked about it enough for the opening segment, but. I like how they introduced Ultima Lucha Dose. Um, I think I like where this is going with the Lotus segment. I don't know how the in-ring is going to go for her. Um, She doesn't strike me as being as an accomplished a wrestler as Dragon Azteca. Yeah, but you know, she only needs one wrestler to be good in the match to carry the other person. Well, how is he going to pizza DDT her? She can't pick him up. Just do it as a shoot. 
<laughs> Shoot the pizza DDT. Well, if nothing else, I'm interested to see the match. Um, and talking about interesting matches, this is something else the heels got on you guys about, even though they said the MMM show. Shout out to the heels sucking. Yeah, uh, I love you guys. Fuck Keep it up. I love it. <laughs> Keeping these guys honest on this Fucking very dicks. topic. <laughs> kill shot. More, mm. like, more like kill shit. All right. I like kill shot. But if you're going to compare him to Bret Hart, I think they're completely different. And you need more than just like a pun on the word gun, a play on words, to make two wrestlers be the same thing. You know who reminds me of Bret Hart? Carl Machine Gun Anderson. That's what you're doing. <laughs> no, <laughs> he reminds me of Killshot. He's going to be a Killshot when he grows up. Well, you know, Killshot should be in the Bullet Club. Look. I think Killshot is is the future of Lucha Underground. You and um, Chris Roach do. Yeah, he's a I'm, big a fan big, too. I'm a big fan. J-Man's a big fan also. And I love both you guys. I just don't love Killshot. I'm sorry. And, and you are under no obligation to agree with my opinion, nor is anyone else who listens to this show. I am personally entertained by Killshot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't care if people think that he should change his name to Spud because of the amount of potatoes he's throwing out there. <laughs> I really don't. I... I Name's taken anyway. I like well, that's true. I like his work. Um, it does bring up some other questions for me, but these are questions I have about his whole his whole class, I should say, his whole graduating class and the, his contemporaries. Mm-hmm. Some of which are a little further ahead of him, like Osprey and Ricochet, mm-hmm. um, Puma, mm-hmm. whatever. Some Those of these guys, guys especially Osprey, because he's like twelve years old. Yeah, Dude, but I'm just it's saying, insane look, how young that guy is. Mm-hmm. There, there's an, and there's been a lot of conversation about this. This is a new style. Killshot is a product of this style of these guys are working hard. They're working fast. They don't have uh, multiple speeds, mm-hmm. you know. And I've heard Sasha Banks been thrown into this category recently as well. They're um, all KO yeah. at times even. But these guys work. Mm-hmm. They have a certain work rate and a certain ethic that keeps them going. But they're young. Yeah. They're not hurt. They're not banged up yet. Mm-hmm. They may not fully comprehend the fact that this is unsustainable. Well, I think it's different because the, they're where they're at right now. They're proving themselves right every single time they so go out there. So here's what, I, but here's and here's what I think about guys like Killshot, um, even more so than than Ricochet Puma in uh, Lucha Underground because <clears throat> he was at the top of the card. Mm-hmm. From the whole time, so I think what he was doing was monitored and agent agented differently than what Killshot's been doing, and Killshot's kind of been doing it on his own. Yeah. Um. So, but what I think is these guys are showing out to a certain extent. They are. So is Marty. Mm-hmm. I would put Marty in this category too. Mm-hmm. It's working better for Marty for a lot of people because he has more of a traditional wrestler's physique, which is part of the gimmick. I mean, he's a bigger guy. He's a little heavier set, though. He's actually in pretty good shape. Marty, from, You see him in street clothes, and he actually looks like buff. Like, well, he might Mar- fuck yeah. you up. <laughs> from season one, he even tweeted about this, and then Stone Cold like, replied, good work. Um, he's From season one to where he's at now, I mean, he's really, like, really gotten a much better like visual shape. Mm-hmm. You see how Byron got the WWE reference in there, right? Mm-hmm. Who? Cool. Stone Cold. Cold. Get off of Vince's. <laughs> Dude, Get off of Vince's nuts, you son of a bitch. Longest reigning TV champ in WCW history. Stunning. <laughs> I don't even mind it. I just like busted your balls, dude. It's funny. I had hair then. I didn't say tough enough. So, 
Well, look. Here's the thing. Um, and there's not a whole lot to talk about with this match, which is why I'm giving Killshot his due in other fashions. I think that there is this level of flippy shit thing that's going on. Like, you watch the Osprey-Ricochet matches. Loved it. Fuck you, Vader. 15 out of 5 stars. But, but... Vader's point is, look at the no-sells. Look at how mm-hmm. moves don't hurt. Um, no, but, but there's, no, Vader, there's, a little, there's a little something to it. Don't get me wrong. I do not agree with Vader because of one simple thing that I think Vader is not thinking about, which is the simple entertainment factor of it. Wrestling over time changes. You know, when Ric Flair and, and I don't know, all those dudes back in the day... Um, Buddy Rich and just like coming out with crazy flair mm-hmm. and style Woo! and taking over the shoot wrestling style and making it this more talk to get him into the seats kind of thing. Yeah. That was a big change that the old timers hated. Byron was alive during that time. <clears throat> then you had, you know, Attitude Era. Alive. People hated that. And, you know, wrestling changes. So to him, I will say, look, these guys are the new breed. But if there's something to inform their process... And what they're doing and bringing to the sport, and even in Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. like I think that guys like us and other people who have podcasts and other people who are vocal about the products that are out there do have a certain responsibility to say what parts of it aren't working. Mm-hmm. And the question becomes: I like Killshot, but you guys probably think he's too stiff at times. I, love, I know people yeah. who like Osprey mm-hmm. and Ricochet, but at the same time, I feel like Ricochet, especially in the rec- Ricochet gimmick, more than anything else, yeah, doesn't sell. I don't like how there's 15 huge, super flippy fucking moves in the middle of a match, but there's no sell on any of them. It's like, okay, I get it. You guys are athletic. You guys mm-hmm. can do Cirque to fucking Soleil. I get it, and I love it, and I appreciate it, and I like watching it. But hey, for 30 seconds in between your Cirque to Soleil fucking high spots, can one of you guys act fucking hurt so I think that I've seen something here? Yeah. That's but, my comment about that shit, and I feel yeah. like Killshot gets a little bit of that heat also. Can I do my favorite Vader yeah. quote of all time that I used to call my friend Jared and leave it on his answering machine? Can I talk over Casey and interrupt what yeah. he's going to do and do something that's more or less pointless? Yeah, I agree okay. with all those things. Um, I'm fine with that. <laughs> you going to talk about WWE again? No, I, I didn't have anything. I just wanted to interrupt your momentum. Uh, okay, well, uh, now Vader, when he lost his mask to Kane, they had a mask match, oh, you know, because you can't see all of Vader's fucking face. <laughs> he lost his jockstrap. You know, Jim Ross goes over, Vader, Vader, do you have any comments on what just transpired? I'm nothing. I'm just a big fat piece of shit. <laughs> I, I'd like to apologize for what Vader just said. <laughs> that was on TV. Yeah, it was great. What's, what I think is awesome, aside from the fact that Vader on Twitter is functionally illiterate, is that you, is that Sid's Twitter is so much smarter than his? Dude, whatever. I love that the old timers are trying though. Come yeah. on, I dude, love beautiful. Sid and Sid and Razor are awesome on Twitter. Sid is like your uncle who parties. <laughs> no. <laughs> but no, but um, the the Bucks, uh, the one with the weird hair, um, posted a, a gif. <laughs> Of a Vader match was like this is like old. none of the young bucks have like, weird hair. <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're like calling them out like they're guys in One Direction. What, what the fuck? None of no. them have weird hair. No, but their their Twitter handles are personal. But the actual name that shows up it is still Young Bucks because they're such mm-hmm. a tag team. But uh, one of them posted like here's here's what you know what real wrestling used to be and should be, and it's 
It's this, uh, a gif from an old Vader match where someone who Casey probably knows jumped, did a top rope, um, like sunset flip thing, mm-hmm. except he pretty much just superplexed himself, overshot Vader. Vader stepped back like three steps and then they finished the spot and it was just horrible and lame. And that ruins the business. Well, okay, and I don't disagree with you. I'm sure Vader punched the fuck out of him for real after that, though. It was WWF, so he was a giant pussy the whole time. But here's here's the thing. This match, this match <laughs> illustrates to me how you fix what those complaints are, how you fix the shit that Vader's talking about. How you fix the shit that Vader's talking about is mm-hmm. you hire guys like Chris Roach and Krista Joseph. This is how you fucking fix it. This match tonight, a double count out before the match started, this is yeah. how you fucking rein it in. You don't hear people talking the same shit about Prince Puma that you hear mm-hmm. about Ricochet. When he's out there doing the Ricochet gimmick, he's on his own. And guess what, guys? He's over fucking working the gimmick. I'm not saying Killshot hasn't probably done that a few times. But I think you put a little bit of a leash on it. And the thing is, there still has to be storytelling. Mm -hmm. If they just go in the ring and do awesome flippy shit, it's Cirque de fucking Soleil. I can go to Vegas and sit down and buy a ticket and watch that if I want. I watch wrestling because I want to see a story, and that story is supposed to convey that on this day, under these given circumstances, these two motherfuckers are going to get in the ring and show me who is the baddest motherfucker of the two of them. Now, if they do that with flippy shit, cool. But it can't just be a coordinated acrobatic routine between the two of them because that blows the overall gimmick of the entire product. You have to give me a storyline of why these guys are fighting and that still, if it's pretend or not, that they're still fucking fighting. Yeah, every, all the in-ring work is infused with character work. Yeah. And it's infused with story. So everything like the cliche goes, has a purpose. So we started with Killshot and Marty, right? And Marty's cool with Killshot knocking the fuck out of him. I think Marty likes having people hit them, that's hit him as hard fuck. as he fucking can. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think well, that's the only way he can get an erection. Here, here's, here's, I love it, though, because the kid bumps. Oh, oh my God. And speaking oh, of erections, dude, just oh. that fucking announcement at the beginning when he's creeping up on Melissa and she's like, Marty the... Uh, that was she, the creepiest one yet. Like, yeah. you heard... You heard Melissa gag. You think he junked her? He might have. Oh. That's why I said speaking of erections. Just the drops of sweat that were it. coming down yeah. on her. That was the creepiest one yet. He's a sweaty dude. It's hot yeah. in that temple, man. There's no air conditioner. But what's great is that you know... It's like, going to be fun this weekend. She replied to my tweet about it, too, because I called it out <laughs> like, oh, my God, they should put a restraining order on his sweat beads alone or something. And she was <laughs> like, I know, this is so nasty. He's posting pictures <laughs> of her on his Instagram, too, when they're, rec- when they're taping. It's hilarious. But you know, like, you know these two I guys... I hope it's all a work, because it is so, so <laughs> creepy. I think he's a super nice guy. I don't oh, know. Oh, no, he is, dude. I, I would assume so. And him and Melissa yeah. are probably very good friends. And I would hope that they were because it it comes off the yeah. creepiest on camera. But we, we saw these two guys. They went at it big time in a match. We saw them. You know, we saw Marty disrespect Killshot. Yeah. And Killshot is not the guy to be disrespected. We, 37 confirmed kills. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was pretty much the whole character background that we were introduced to was... 
don't fuck with this guy. And now that's what Marty's doing. Mm, and and tonight and tonight's episode is jam packed. I mean, you had a match of twelve of your top stars right, right. And fighting for a chance to compete on for the same a shot. show. And then you have you had the the tag match. Like it's loaded. Yeah. And they're the one single match, and they're the one that actually has a giant story storyline like Bruin. Yeah. And you. They did. They established uh, two things on this. Um, that was, oh, where are my notes? Uh, where are my notes? All I gotta say, all I gotta say is this is the feud to watch this season. Okay, so um, right? so Question here's here's, <laughs> here's what here's what they established. They established right. one dog tags. They showed the dog tags. They showed yeah. Marty taunting and Killshot almost right. got them back. So now you really want Killshot to get those dog tags. I kind of want him to bleach them when and he gets them, though. And then, well, yeah. Those are being used as anal beads. And then, um, and then second thing they established is that I'm these make guys... i the Melissa sound now. <laughs> <laughs> the second thing they established is these guys want to kill each other. So now it just gets you all like ready to yeah. go to see yeah. what's going to happen. And, that's, yeah. and again, this is why I say, look... I know that you guys have, have had some issues with Killshot. I like Killshot. I know you do. And, I, and it's all in good fun, people. I mean, a little bit of this is a work on our end. But at the same time, Killshot, I think, is in good hands here. What they've written here in this segment is they're taking it past what's important in the ring. Justin throws this thing out. Way to fuck up a good match, Justin. But yeah. he throws it out. Look, and Dario didn't come out and stop it from being fucked up. You want to know why? Because he still got... Enough of his quotient of violence. These dudes were taking yeah. it to each other outside the ring. They didn't want to play fair. They didn't want to play by the rules. And, you know, and Killshot gets his dog tags back. And then Marty puts that motherfucker on his neck. Yeah. <laughs> All up on his neck. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. What'd you think of that spot? Uh, Casey did not like that spot. It was uh, all up on his neck. Yeah, that. Oh man, I can't wait though. Well, that's a receipt for some of the shit Killshot did last week. I'm now, sure. I know, but you know, I I just don't like people actually dying during wrestling matches. Is my thing. And yeah, yeah. But you know what? Look, and this is part of what these guys need to learn. All the flippy shit guys need to learn. Those bumps on your neck are going to catch up with you. Yeah. There's someone oh. that I can't mention. That does this fucking constantly, and it drives me crazy every time. And I know you know who I'm talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. No, you know. I don't know who you're talking about. We have have entire future episodes dedicated to this subject. I guarantee it. (laughs) But he's like one of my favorites now. He is so amazing. And and again, uh, he's going to be another one that's in this same breed of guys with the Young Bucks and the whole whole thing. I mean, he's in there. So that's a little preview for you guys. Can I guess who it is? Shit we'll bitch about we, later. We'll never tell you if no, you're correct. We won't tell you. And uh, come to more tape. Is it fire. Sandman? Yes, it is the Sandman. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. Yeah, you remember when he <laughs> ran in at Ultima Lucha Two and he started caning Matanza and drank beers? <laughs> I remember when he when he was running down the steps at Ultima Lucha Two and he got winded and sat down, and then we finished the show without him. Yeah, because he had like four cigarettes by the time he got to the bottom of the stairs. That motherfucker <laughs> ashed a cigarette on me once. <laughs> that might, and in fact, it's hilarious because I love Sandman, but that might be the most hurt I ever got at an ECW event. Was fucking Sandman flicking like he did the 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 butt flick, but the whole cherry came out and landed on my fucking neck. Oh, oh, oh. And I think you know, 
fuck, man. Five seconds later, I was probably showered in beer, so it didn't matter. But yeah, I had like a fucking burn from a goddamn ECW show. This is also well, what you get for sitting in the cheap seats at ECW. Yeah, well, because that's heard, the only good thing you get. I heard some people got burnt in the front row too. And oh. We won't talk about that. Oh. One. Paul Heyman owes you money. Yeah, his dad's. A I'm not the only one. And you might be able to collect. He's making a lot off these Brock fights. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we we got to get into that some too. Okay, so let's so move on into some. You got you guys got anything else no, about no, the Marty we got Kill the, Shot match? Did we get the cop segment next? Is that where we went? Um, I have notes. Was that before? That I dropped on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Co- uh, Captain Hotness. Yes, um, coming back. Back in the mix, uh, Carmen Perez. Carmen at Carmen Perez Art Art at Twitter. No, it's on, on Twitter, Car- at Carmen stalkers. Perez Art. Um, it was phenomenal to no, see. No, she's called me out because this motherfucker put me on blast for not remembering her name. Yeah. So then everybody's tweeting at me her name. <laughs> I knew her fucking name because I was the one who actually reposted it when DJ Captain said she was coming on the I show. I wish Vasquez, Lorenzo Lamas would have uh, re- responded to me. but mm, He's busy. Riding motorcycles. Yeah, but you told the whole world that you that they have to come to this podcast to get at you, man. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. So thanks for listening, Renegade. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. There we go. Fist bump. I don't know if that's happening. Well, Dude. you can always imply. I know. I know part. Arnold's listening because he wants to know if we're gonna spoil his. His cigar smoking bit in the limo. Nah, dude. We know who that fucking is. I mean, look. It's me. I still, I still deep down in my heart want it to be Arnold. I don't know if it is because I feel like they would be teasing it more on the show if it was because it's gr- so huge. How great would it be if it's Arnold in a limo and he shows up and he goes, Dario, I need a new lady to stand next to me while I fire people. They're not, and he they're gives not teasing her, it and enough he, now, though, and then so he, I feel like it's going to be something way lamer than that. And then that. he gives him Melissa, and we, then it's like, and then it cuts through the new season yeah, of The I Apprentice. I things lame before we see it. Because I apologize to the writers now because I feel like we made it seem like it was cooler than it's actually going to be. Oh, dude, it's going to be so awesome <laughs> when it's Big Rick. I don't know what you guys are talking oh, about. I don't know. No, man. but Big Rick, but the head is just going to be a flap of skin because the skull's gone. Yeah. No, they didn't take his skull. They ripped his heart out. In the... No, his Big Rick, his skull is in the well, chair. Well, I'll tell you who it's no, not going to be. Those it's skulls not... were small on the chair. They only kill babies. And I figure it's because Katrina's been alive for so long that she's had a lot of abortions. So those fetus skulls are what made the throne. You're welcome, audience. Where's the leave? You should run for office. I would vote for you. Where's the leave conversation button? Uh. (laughs) Oh my god! I can tell you who it's not going to be. It is not going to be Face from A Team. Because he's yeah. not even the one that smokes cigars. It's not Byron. going to be. Is it Face? It's not, <laughs> not going to be Hernandez. Face. I bet it's Face. And for those who don't Get know it. what we're talking about, Byron actually called it out as being, uh, what's his face, Benedict. Yeah. The people know. They thought his name was Mask. Go back and listen to it. You got to listen to all Oh, uh, Go back and listen to it. It's so the, I know they're like I, I'm going to make fun of Byron for it for the rest of his life. He thought it was Face and not Hannibal. Yeah. The people know. They listen to that one episode. It's okay. I got a lot of letters. smoke one cigar on that show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, compared you. to Hannibal. It's because he wants 800. to smoke his cigar. Anyway. Um, so, oh. But here, here, here's the thing about this segment. So, yes. look. The cops are turning out the snitch or trying to turn out a snitch. They're trying to get, get Mr. Cisco to CI at Free Mr. Cisco. Mm-hmm. Hashtag Free Mr. Cisco. God, I that's, wish they would have had thing. this before we went to the shows so we could have free Cisco signs and shit. It's a real thing now, though. Hashtag free Mr. Cisco. Tell us what you guys think. Um, so they're doing the normal cop thing. But when Cisco is like, 
you know, why the fuck should I even care? Captain Hotness comes pretty damn seriously and says, we need to stop Dario Cueto to prevent the end of days. She says the fucking end of days. This is coming from a cop. So she knows all the supernatural shit's happening, which is a question we had since they started doing these cop segments. She's trying to stop some serious fucking golden child level shit from going Mm. down here. Yeah. His brother is uh, infused by a god. Now, we all think that's kind of fun and he gets to wrestle really good. But there are implications beyond winning a championship belt. You know what also there are implications to? What's that? You ever see the movie End of Days? Yeah. Who did it star? (laughs) My favorite... A bit from that movie was when Arnold was thinking about his... You guys are making this so much worse for me. I know I said it was (laughs) Arnold, but it's probably not going to be Arnold, and I'm going to look like a big, giant idiot. (laughs) I'm just glad that we said it first, and J-Man copied us. Yeah. and But here's my... It's like we had the podcast first, and then they made one. (laughs) Good match, good match. Here's my favorite part of End of Days. I saw it in the theater, and Arnold's looking in the snow globe. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. So Arnold is Arnold's looking in a snow globe and he's it's like a close up of his face, which is not a good idea. And he's looking at the snow globe and then flashes back to when his family got killed by like police people or whatever special. I don't know. Can you chew into the mics? And then um, and so he's thinking about his family, how they were murdered. And it cuts back to him looking at the good. snow globe and crying. It's supposed to be a really sad moment, but it's a close-up yeah. on Arnold's face when he cries. And one guy in the, in the theater goes, ha, 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 ha. we all started laughing. It was great. That's great, because it was saying that the whole movie up to that point was his imagination, and that Arnold was autistic, like saying <laughs> elsewhere. You guys are <laughs> crazy. All right, so listen, about this segment. Here's the other thing that uh, worries me a little bit. I'm a fan of Captain Vasquez, Captain Hotness. It's great um, to have one person who can Where the fuck was scene. Lorenzo Lamas, yeah, right? That's don't what you were forget, saying? Don't forget, the implication here, though, is now because of, of Joey and Cortez's antics, they've brought this guy in, and whether she wanted to or not, now she is still pursuing the case against Dario after she was told to lay the fuck off of it. Yeah. Yeah. Renegade's going to be pissed. Renegade said that his big money backer, that the guy in the limo basically wanted her off this fucking thing. Yeah. Is Captain Hotness going to get killed? She's getting close. She's getting too close to Dario. Dude, you know who's going to get too close is fucking Cisco. He's got to wear that wire while he wrestles. And and, and don't forget, Dario is wise to the fact they even showed us in the the previously Mm -hmm. on segment. Mm -hmm. And you know how previously on segments go. They don't show you needless things. Right. They reminded us about the fact that Dario knows that there's a a mole. So there. What do you think? What do you think Cisco's thinking right now? He's about to turn over on on Hefe. I know who it is. And Hefe's already had his brother kill their other, now, other look, buddy. Now, look, I'm not trying to stereotype at all, but a lot of Latinos are Catholic or very religious. Yeah. I feel like Mr. Cisco is a little bit of a mama's boy here. And as soon as she says end of days, it's like, you know, there's evil shit going on that's above street level evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now he feels almost a religious obligation to help in this, to bring down the evil spirits that are controlling Dario Cueto. I'm, I think I'm too white to go along with the Mexicans or in a witchcraft story. 
But I'm not. I'm not saying he's into it. I'm saying that. He's, yeah, yeah, no, no, I he's get it. He's very anti the evil spirits. I get it, but I think that of I all. I mean, the, why, why else would he ask that question and all of a sudden be interested when she says end of days? Because he lit up when he's when she said that. that I was know, like what convinced him. No, yeah. I I think like anyone would would be like interested and want to know more about that story and that theory. Dude, I'd but be I, so but excited. But you wouldn't wear a wire for it. Right, but my, yeah, yeah, my concern you is... You wear a wire when somebody's like, yeah, we'll get you out of jail time or yeah, there's some money to be made or yeah, your street level thug buddies are just going to rat you and your mama out. Like, they didn't come at him with any of those angles. They came at him with help us prevent the end of fucking days. No, and then you yeah. go like, nah, fucking let it happen because then I have an excuse to do all the Mad Max shit. Any, cynic, like, any cynic would be like, yeah, let that shit happen. Yeah, yeah I maxed out all my credit cards. So <laughs> bring nah, it. Dude, I just want to wear no, spikes and face what about, paint and fight with cars. What about Bale? Like of all the He's people. Dead. Or they haven't seen him in a while. But uh, out of all like the people in the temple that are going to be scared. Uh, afraid of standing up in like double crossing Dario, it's gonna be the two people who are in the room to watch Hefe's brother smash, not eat, but smash Bale's face into the bars yeah. until he was just kind of a liquidy gel. Yeah. I, I feel like Byron's oh. ruined this segment for me now but by bringing up the sad moment that was Bale's death. And I think we should. <sighs> I, I'm sorry. I know segment. that. I know that was that cuts close to you. I know. We already really did sad. two rest in peace this week. I can't give a rest in yeah. peace to Bale this week. Yeah, it already happened a while ago. It's, it's been about <laughs> two years. A year. All right, I'll move on because I've talked about this enough. And God damn it, <laughs> nunchucks, motherfucker! Fucking, oh. You got knocked the chuck out. Oh, Good match. Shit. This Dude, was... we got Cal Bunga references. We got Casey involvement in the match. Okay. No, did Cut it? from television. Here's, here's gonna, what... No, no, no. Wait, stop, stop, oh, stop, stop. Who's Casey? We can actually talk about this now. Yeah. NDA There's no spoilers. Done. So we need to discuss the actual workings of this match and how Casey fucked it all up. Okay, I didn't fuck up. <laughs> I didn't fuck up shit because this now, wasn't supposed to happen. Everybody, go into the match. Jack... And PJ get the first set of nunchucks and all that happens. And then it works its way around. We know we see that Drago's Bruce Lee all of a sudden because he's yeah. got some real no. nunchuck skills. And Dra- Drago's been doing that it. since day one. I know. Yeah. I know. But we're seeing it like in the temple. He's out there with the nunchucks doing the flashy shit. He killed Hernandez he's good. with that shit. He's he good did. with fucking nunchucks. So then we work up to the other side, the same spot where Matanza... Uh, crashed through the fucking roof with Mil Muertes. Yeah. This is a super high spot, a place where Angelico jumped all the way off into the ring. We're going over to High Spot Central. <laughs> There's nunchucks involved in this situation. Yeah. Jack doesn't have any nunchucks and he's being attacked. What do you do, Casey? Okay, no. What happened is <laughs> Jack dropped the fucking nunchucks off the top of the so office. So what, what happened, happened was... So what happened was... He was getting ready to attack Aerostar. Aerostar kicks him. Jack throws the fucking... Uh, Nunchucks down to the floor. Yeah. Was that supposed to happen? No. Well, I mean, who knows what's supposed to happen. No, okay, you know what? No one told me. What I'm thinking is they were doing this thing and Casey thought he was bigger than the show. When you're a fan at a wrestling show, are you supposed to help the heels? I wasn't trying to help the heels. (laughs) Jack Evans said, hey, throw him to me. And I said, I'm not going to throw him to you. And then Aerostar came up and I tried to throw him up and I fucking missed the first time. How'd you miss up? Because they didn't tell me ahead of time, and I would have. Nunchucks are unwieldy, dude. Because they're how, like two sticks strapped together. You're that supposed to hold hard both to... of them together and do an underhand but toss. How'd you miss, like, above you? You just throw them up. No, it was like up and like over. The general direction oh, it's of up, up and over. is a yeah. pretty, pretty central target. I mean, it's just 
up. Now, I think that Jack <laughs> almost caught him, and then he dropped him on purpose, so oh. he wouldn't have been the one catching him. And then I threw him a second time, and I threw him, and they sailed over Aerostar's head. And that's the shot that's in the episode that Matt Stryker said I was trying to help Jack Evans. I was not trying to help Jack Evans. Stop trying to make me a heel, Matt Stryker. <laughs> but I thought it was cool that, you know, it got thrown up by a member of the audience because it felt like the video game Pit Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was kind of funny about that was Stryker commenting on someone else trying to throw a weapon in the temple. <laughs> you know? Oh, a zing. Yeah, see, see, heels, last real heels do not have the market Hot cornered dog. on Botchmania. Um, Casey has been actually part of Botchmania in the fucking temple. We're so proud of him. Our very own at Lucha Gringo. Yeah, so when you see Drago <laughs> like beating Lucha up Gringo. PJ Black and then you hear a bunch of people laughing in the episode on the background, that's when I fucked up the throw. And that audio is still in there. So you can you can pinpoint when it happens. And you know, and PJ was probably counting on you too. You're one of their go-to guys from Believer's Backlash Dude, and everything, if they fucking man. told me, Come I would have been practicing with my real nunchucks like throwing trying to them throw, in the air. throwing them on my roof of my house but you still would have been off on the gravitation we might not force, be paid stooges that. but we're at very least unpaid semi-occasional stooges and when you're a stooge you're supposed to do the shit the bosses want casey see i think maybe Knox was gonna do it but when he saw that they were at my feet he kind of nodded when i picked him up because i would have handed them to Knox if he held his hand out. and what you should have done was you should have grabbed them then handed them to the person behind you then that person hands it back to that person. That dude behind him was like 10. And then it just, well, you, okay, well, uh, hand it over that kid's head. And you just, you, you daisy chain it all the way back. He should have had J-Ray to the do top. it. I'm just saying, J-Ray should have done it. J-Ray probably should have, J-Ray looks like he's coordinated. J-Ray does not throw like a girl. Yeah. Dude, I want to see you guys. I'm going to bring some fucking nunchucks and we're going to see who can throw them at a target. All right, that's it. Official mm -hmm. nunchuck Video throwing. Podcast contest that's will happen we'll post it somewhere we'll we'll vine it or something because it's only going to take three seconds to show it and those nunchucks were real like and oak hard and they made all of those sounds that you saw on tv in real life so don't anyone say they were sweetening the sounds fuck you right. i heard it i will bring some nunchucks next week and we'll and i'll we'll hit byron this. so they make the same sound as on tv because i see all you motherfuckers saying they sweeten the sound no, it's the chucks. same sound as the slaps you and the what? chops that's because pentagon hits you as hard as being hit i don't with know fucking though nunchucks. man I and I will say this, especially for season three, a lot of stuff that I thought would be a sweetened kind of thing, man, those dudes have learned how to do the slap thing really, really well in season three. I don't know like, what you're talking about. They're just really hitting each other. Yeah. Because when you punch somebody in the face, it sounds like... <laughs> Come here, Byron. It sounds like the same. It when, sounds when like you kick somebody on with ago. a two-inch rubber sole, it sounds like... <laughs> the super kick. Yeah. It does if you're a trained professional wrestler, goddammit. Or if you're wearing jeans, there, it's, there's like more bass in I've dude. had enough of this kayfabe breaking on this Chuck fucking Norris podcast. Karate jeans. Okay. How about when okay, Stryker, everybody back in character. How about when Stryker was doing like uh, one of those New Japan pay-per-views and he's like, there's no leg slap in here. Yeah, that was <laughs> fucked up. And that was actually the Triple Mania pay-per-view. Oh, Triple Mania. That. Yeah. Um, can I shit on something? Yeah. Lucha World Cup? No, we never shit on anything on this show. Oh, Go for it. Good okay, match. first of and, all... And our review of that match was... Of the Nunchuck match was... match. Our okay. review is... 
Casey sucks at throwing nunchucks. Good but, match. But you know what? Match was fucking great. We saw crazy dives from Aerostar. We saw Drago's picture-perfect yeah. fucking tail of dragon. I, oh, that was the great. Off, off the top rope, that was awesome. The camera work, like the, the white awesome shots. The again. fucking jib into the... The jib guy. Dude. We talked yeah. about jib guy last week. Jib guy. Jib guy but on it again. Put him over. Great as that stuff. was technically, I have to shit on something. All right. Because this happened fucking twice in the episode. And you guys know what I'm going to shit on. I don't think I know yet. The graphic for the 12-man match? That's not in the nunchuck match. No, but it was right after that. Oh, they showed it right before or after. Yeah, and and they've showed it two times on the show up to this. What didn't you like, Casey? Phoenix was the one in the match. Why the fuck was the picture of Flamita slash Fireball? Where'd they get that picture? Yeah, where'd that even come from? Were they just, did they did they have they had an intern uh, Google <laughs> Google image search Lucha Libre Luchador and stop that F? How many? Okay, so how many times have we said we wanted to work on the show? Uh, every week, so eleven. Okay, can all of us tell Flamita from Phoenix? I, I can. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just saying, I love you guys, especially Everyone. after you know the major wrestling news involving him in the last right? couple of months. So and yes, if you I have a Twitter show. account and follow anything Lucha related. I love the show. Know. Everyone involved is awesome. Everyone is talented, even Killshot. But even Killshot <laughs> would know the difference between Phoenix and Flamita too, <laughs> is what yeah. I'm saying. What, what, I also, what I also thought was weird was that they used Fireball in that graphic. And then um, later on, they, they still advertised Phoenix, but El um, Dragon Azteca Jr. was on the team. In the twelve-person match, yeah, and he wasn't in the match. They had the guy in the green who does the flips. Yeah, so the graphic was all fucked up. Uh, Phoenix, Phoenix, Phoenix wore green. Oh yeah. yeah. So actually, uh, we were joking about how you yeah. think Dragon Azteca was in the match, and then Phoenix was like, "But I'm gonna wear green today." So then they're like, oh, "You're not gonna wrestle tonight." Well, Phoenix, you know, <laughs> Flamita in that picture was wearing half green, half red. So maybe that's where the confusion came from. It's a lot but, of colors happening. Yeah, I know. And if you're colorblind, it's even worse because that person could have been whoever put that graphic together. All I'm saying is that I hope well, Lucha. that everyone else on the show gives that person as much shit as we are on the podcast. We have we have once again called you guys out, and it's it's like a familial love, though. It's like when when two brothers fight each other, right? No, and yeah. I was freaking out because I'm like, holy shit, was Flamita in this match? And I forgot. That you wanted to call awesome. him up and be like, wait, guys, help. But uh, I, I will say... Um, that uh, I call, when I speak into calling Lucha out, I call Lucha out for um, kind of glossing over uh, Death Valley Driver on the apron. And um, <laughs> and NXT did the same spot. Yep. <laughs> they teased the exact same spot for a 10 count. And I was like, oh, I got at least just say. Look, like, this is the new world order. This is, is the just it remember, is. Just remember how far in advance this was taped. But this yeah. is what I'm saying, because you're not even necessarily an old timer like Vader. Yeah. But at the same time, the there, same are, age, dude. there are no, things <laughs> yeah, that you might be. No, I have a better moonsalt. He's Listen, Katrina, just shit. keep rubbing the olive oil on. <laughs> he eats as many donuts as fucking Vader. But this is part of what I'm saying. <laughs> you is donuts. For a guy like you, those apron spots mean a different thing than, I, than, they, than yeah. what is happening with this new generation. And the writers and the handlers and the agents and the guys backstage who know better, like... Look, you guys got to get your performers yeah. on on track with what it means for certain spots. If you're going to have a guy do an apron spot in a match, 
Let's have it mean something for at least 20, 30 seconds. Can a guy roll out of the ring and look like he's fucking hurt from an apron spot before he goes into the next flippy shit moment? An apron spot took Sami Zayn out for almost a year. Back in my day, an apron spot was what my maid got when she was cleaning my house. Sami Zayn (laughs) isn't even his original gimmick. He's been doing it for a few years. That's not old timers. We get it. You're smart. Okay. um, Smart. That's the first time we've ever called Byron Smart in his life, and we meant it as a derogatory term. Very smart. I got uh, this twelve-man match. I got a thirteen seventy on my SATs. Shut up! I want to talk about Pentagon. Jesus fucking Christ, Byron. Was he in the in the show? Yes. So look, sometimes you need to have a motorized vehicle (laughs) if you're gonna swerve somebody. Uh, he has a little wheelchair. He so came crazy. out in the fucking hover round. This the segment rascal, was so whatever great. Whatever you want to oh call it. Shout out oh to the God. jib guy for the awesome bird's eye shot of a Pentagon just slowly wheeling on out. Yep. So dope. <laughs> so <laughs> dope. And now keep in mind, people in the temple are probably like, what the fuck? They haven't seen him in a hover round before. No, what sucks is I was sitting on the other side of the ring, so I didn't. E- I couldn't even tell he was in the wheelchair. I thought he yeah. was just ducking down and stood up. Like, I couldn't see shit. Now, am I tripping? I was there for this. Was this filmed at the beginning part of one of the Ultima Lucha tapings? <laughs> no, this is uh, the, the... I remember this match, though. Yeah, you were there for this match. Yeah. I remember you told me about this, and I was like, and that's you, awesome. Byron wasn't there. But I'm anyway, out of the state. Because I remember him coming out in the whole thing, and I was like, whoa, what the... I have clearly missed some things. Why the fuck is Pentagon in a fucking rascal? What the shit? Yeah, <laughs> well, I don't... You know... Anyway, it was it was, it was great. an amazing fucking <laughs> angle to see him come out. Um, it was a great swerve. Chavo, and... you're the only person that ever helped me. Thank you. <laughs> but I must destroy you. <laughs> Today, I must Cabron. It was Cabron. so <laughs> random and awesome. Um, and I-, I feel like Chavo wrote it himself. I feel like Chavo agented this whole thing. I don't think Chavo knows what Cabron means. Yeah, but he has to know someone who speaks Spanish. You know what's? He's from Texas, though, isn't he? I just, I just fucking love how they translate everything Pentagon says, but they don't translate Cabron. Yeah, which is just funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, so he fucking kills Chavo, breaks his arm, takes his place in the match, and then Dario's like, "I'll allow it. You sure you want to do this? Fuck yeah, yeah, because I am Pentagon Junior Zero Fear." Yeah. The translation, even on the screen, somehow didn't work. It's like, no, because I'm Pentagon and I have zero fear. But it just says, I am Pentagon Junior, zero fear. They, they, uh, <laughs> I think they saved money on the, um, the Chiron. On the Chiron. And they just, the same person who they put just, in the Fomita graphic. They used the same, <laughs> they used the same overlay. And whenever Pentagon sort of strays, or whatever. They just use the same well, overlay of, I'm Pentagon, zero fear. This is funny to me, too, because, um, and you guys should listen to this, on JR's uh, podcast this week, he had Krista Joseph on. It was a very good I don't segment. like 10 count punches. But, no, <laughs> the only thing that JR said he didn't the like is, I'm, I'm not really a fan of the, not really a fan of the, the intergender wrestling. Oh, yeah, Jesus. he did that. But did, did he did he suggest if that they start doing matches with time limits? No, no. Chris held his own too. He DJ was just kind of like, okay, but that yes, and we don't even consider them intergender matches. They're, They're just, just matches. other wrestlers on our show, and sometimes mm-hmm. they wrestle each other. Sometimes they wrestle. Some other of our wrestlers have dicks, some but it don't. doesn't matter. The, the the point I was getting at is even Jr. Jr.'s one suggestion for how to make Lucha Underground better, mm-hmm. Chiron. 
um, like factoids. <laughs> I love this. Don't get me wrong. This is a great interview and you should listen to it. And when JR says it, it actually kind of makes sense of like, you know, because basically when you Chiron some shit, you put it in stone and you are telling mm. and informing your viewers like, and JR watches the show know. every fucking week. So he's got Cutting my love. Junior Anybody who watches the show dick. every week has my fucking love. I'm sure JR loves watching anything that's wrestling and not and, and WWE. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and and, uh, and he says it's a bit campy and silly. I mean, he I think he likes kind of how funny and weird it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, he likes it on a little bit of a joke level, and I wish he took it a little more seriously. But at the same time, look, if any of the old timers like him from the established eras of WWE and for a long and time, and from the fucking UWF, which is the polar opposite of yeah. Lucha Underground, but also yeah. very much alike it in the booking sense. If, if he can feel it like in any fashion, I'm all for it. But I just thought it was funny that the Chirons this week were so bad in a lot of ways. And this is exactly what JR <laughs> says. They need more of a, I'm here to tell you less Chiron. Cause the shit is not working. <laughs> like honestly, you know, with my half-ass shitty Spanish, I can understand Pentagon just fine. I almost don't. He says two lines, and they're always. They I'm gonna break your arm, and I have zero fear. And he also says, "Go fuck your mom," and they don't Chiron that. Oh, well, yeah, it's it's him, it's Phoenix, and it's Tejano. Tejano. Whenever they do a move where they lift you up and slam you down, any kind of variation of that, when you're on your way up, they want to fuck your mom. Oh, and then they, yeah, and then they <laughs> slam me down. I just wanted to point out matches. that was Justin with that really racist accent. That was that was uh, he, and uh, he's yeah. Funny. No, I think uh, I think Phoenix actually <laughs> apologized at Independence. No Speedy Gonzalez because... worked for Lucha Underground. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just to be clear, not Speedy that Gonzalez. was Justin, it's, not me or Byron. It's not the two white guys. It's the guy who people probably won't be that mad about doing a racist Mexican <laughs> voice. They Same could only be half as mad. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's what Byron's funny. point That's actually really funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I like racist humor <laughs> against everybody, including myself. I was talking to J-Man about this the other day. I like racism. It's funny. Yeah. I sure. actually once defended Sarah Silverman for using the N-word to at a show to because a black laughed. couple because you laughed yeah. at it. Well, and they were offended. It's also a joke that uh, she'd been doing for three years at that point. Oh yeah. Anyway, no, but with stand-up comedy, it's different. Dude, it's dude, like, dude. It's, like Michael Richards. No, Sarah Silverman. Yes. We're, 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 Michael Richards we're is the, not a stand-up comedy. And he wasn't doing it in the context of a joke. He was no. Doing it well, he says he was, but and well, you know what? That's is. like Byron. Whenever he says it, he says the same thing. And it's all the fucking time. People, we have to cut it out of the podcast. Here, every week. Ooh, here's the thing. Even when I say the N word, I'm still looking over my shoulder. I, don't say the word. I don't say it. I have friends who are by. Genuinely black. funny. That's like the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I, I told you I like racist humor. That was fucking funny. Oh, oh god. I'm fucking lying. Okay. Uh, okay. So anyway, uh, we have we have won. twelve of the all-time greatest luchadors in the ring because Chavo is now out of the picture. Oh, Sorry, Jesus. I do love Chavo. Chavo had Warrior, a bad break. I, and like oh. I said, I think Chavo wrote this segment for himself. We know that the agents, the backstage guys that are basically working the matches these days are Paul London, uh, Vampiro, and Chavo Guerrero. At yeah. one point, MVP. And Conan. Um, and Conan were doing it. But now, I think even at this point in time, it was Chavo, Pentagon, 
uh, or uh, Vampiro and yeah. Uh, I don't know if Paul London was there yet or not. MVP might have actually been. I will say Vampiro's. I know for sure has agented probably two of my favorite matches that I've seen ever on the show. One of them I think was his. Right. And I can't talk about the other one. Yeah, but great about, way to bring up consequences. You said he agented that. Oh, he great did great consequences. There you go. Uh, hey, Vampiro, Justin hated the entrance to your match. I don't think he wrote the entrance. That was that was a hate on the the writers, I think. Oh, dude. No. But I love the writers. Did. I just don't. I didn't like the great consequences. I thing. thought it was good. I think the second match they they shot or edited. Look, before. out of the ninety seven percent of things that I think are better than have so, ever been on I wrestling television. Thought he was a fan of the show. Of, mm. Eventually, I have to dislike something, don't I? Would I not be a complete uh, stooge? Like Mark this guy, ass, this guy likes kill heel. shot, and he didn't like the fucking grave consequences. Oh That's my god! Weird. Enough said. We're gonna get some letters for that. For like, sure. I would have no credibility whatsoever if I liked every single fucking thing and said that I liked everything. I mean, come on. Thanks. There's podcasts out there that that say they like everything. I can't be one of those. I get. I can hear someone typing your name right now on uh, on a computer. I can hear someone typing your name on the fucking Megan's Law site. Let's uh, move on. On a, a Word document entitled "People Who Will Never Show Up to the Temple Again." Speaking speaking oh, of uh, Megan's Law, He's, shout out to to Brizzo Hickman oh. for ha! always participating in the conversation. No, you are. You can't prove that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's the worst response. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? All right, all right. I have to get it back on track. Twelve yeah. man or six on six. Person, it's a, it's a twelve. It's a sixteen team. Okay, it's a six. What did he say? Striker Sexy said, star. Strikers fucked up somehow. Yeah. Taya. Oh, I get to talk about Taya now, don't I? Taya is awesome. Am I allowed to talk about Taya now? No. Uh, hey, uh, Justin, while you while you're about to talk about Taya, Casey has something he wants Taya. to say to you about her. What do you want to say about Taya? What's she your problem with Taya? Like, she looks like she could use whatever bathroom she wants sometimes. Oh come on, that's that's come unfair. Because she's that's been to the gym unfair. a few times. No, I'm just fucking around. I, I just wanted to make you cry on the podcast. But <laughs> who's team one? Who's team one? I don't. I just know. I don't want to even get to the finish yet. I want to talk okay. about sexy and Taya. Oh, okay. and Evilise. Evilise is I'm awesome. Gonna, they were all fighting each other. Here's the thing. I'm gonna call it like I see it. I love seeing sexy star and Taya working together. There's a couple reasons for that. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. A, I think that <laughs> Taya is a more athletic and adept in-ring performer than Sexy Star. True. Yes, yes. I said it. And, and, I, that's and an I am a yeah. big I Sexy Star fan. I think we can fan. say that as an I, opinion. I can say that's objectively true, not even in the <laughs> And the two of them working together, I think that there were a couple of moments at the beginning of this match where let's just say that Sexy did not necessarily put in her very best work. Mm-hmm. And I thought that Taya very quickly mm. brought her up. And then that in turn brought it back out of Sexy Star, and I feel like she turned a corner. In just the couple of seconds that they were working together, I felt like she turned a corner, kicked it up a notch, and started the improvising that they were doing that I saw right there made me want to see a lot more of these two working together at this level. And, you know, they feuded in Mexico, so they've got a lot of experience wrestling each other. And and I think think that clicked in, especially for Sexy Star. Like, a couple seconds into it, like, at first, I thought she was soft-selling a little bit. I didn't think she was running the ropes very hard. Like, she shorted one of the rope runs. No, that's just just how she "Uh." runs in there. It's actually kind of weird. she's smaller, too. And, 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 you know, look, shorted legs, the the gait on how she is traveling that, that run isn't the same for her as other people. But at the same time... 
I expect if you're a professional wrestler who's been doing it for a long time that mm-hmm. you figure that out. Yeah. Okay? And I hold you to that standard, especially her being at the level that she's at and the level she's portrayed she's at. She's supposed to be one of the top wrestlers. Now, I, Taya yeah. being a bit larger, not necessarily mannish, Casey, because I think she's fucking hot. Fuck you, Casey. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> but at the same hostility. time... Um, <laughs> Well, but she is bigger. She can work with guys very easily, whereas for sexy stars, yeah. she's a lot smaller. I mean, right. considerably smaller. So even for Taya, it's hard. The team. Yeah. Taya, Taya has Taya has that build. I mean, she's really she looks. I mean, she could be as strong as she is, but she looks like she's strong, and her moves aren't the the diva female type moves like no she there's rest, no hair tosses. Here. She, no, she does the fucking meteora and shit. Like, yeah. she does hard ass shit. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So you know uh, why? Because she hangs with fucking Fabi Apache, beating the shit out of her all the she, time. So she, she's she's yeah. toughened up. She learned from Lance Storm how to stiff people. Well, and so here's the thing about this. I thought it was great for them to have these two do their yeah. work. Hopefully, she didn't learn chair shots from Lance at Storm. the beginning to keep uh, Evil Lise a little bit out of that. I liked mm-hmm. seeing Ty and Sexy Star here. I would like yeah. to see more of that, and it made me remember shit. Fucking Taya's been rocking this fucking valet gimmick for the damn trios champs here. Um, and yeah. Worldwide Underground, by the way, is their name. Is that... I have, Did they say it on the show? They said it on Twitter. It's they okay have now. official okay, okay, merchandise cool. for Worldwide they do. Underground. Uh, Jack I'm, is smoking a J on the bandana. Yes, he is. <laughs> no, that's, that's um, it's, it's a one tobacco. of Joey Ryan's lollipop it's a tobacco, sticks. It's a tobacco joint. It's not... Mara Jawain at all. It's a water all pipe I know is for tobacco smoke. His eyes are very closed. So we see the so okay, so we get like this crazy match with all these fucking dives and shit. The audience is chanting, that was Tons awesome by dives. the end of it. Tons of dives. We even see Evil Lee do a dive that she looked kind of nervous because Sexy Star was down there to catch her. She's like, I better fall on the dudes instead of her because she's <laughs> not gonna catch shit. Oh, she won't. And it's not because Sexy Star is a girl, it's because Sexy Star is horrible. But, uh, <laughs> by, by the way, can we just Don't pause for a second really and think. just talk and just do a shout out to how awesome it was to read Rob Viper's Twitter after Sexy Star's oh recent God, uh, interview? So amazing. I, Without I, getting so, into details? Yeah. So amazing. Please just, just, wanna, go, just go look at Rob's account. At Rob Viper. So good. He's a friend of ours. Yeah, he's Justin, awesome. have you met him personally yet? I, I, uh, you see him at a show? I don't know because we I met have. him at PWG and he was at Lucha, but he was just. At I don't think I was at it. But yeah, Rob, I read his Twitter constantly, and that shit was. Rob, this classic. is Casey talking. You are the man. Just saying. And Byron says the same thing, probably. Yeah, Byron, Byron Fever, and the fake Lucha Gringo, uh, big fans ears. Yeah. Um, he's a big Lucha fan, and he's Canadian, so and those he, are two really good things. And he fucking loves Chess Man too, or at least he used to. Fuck yeah, Chess Man. <laughs> I hope he's the guy with the cigar. <laughs> <laughs> all right so okay so casey. the winners casey casey what were you, what were you gonna talk about what what were you gonna say before i interrupted you let's talk about rob oh i said sexy star is horrible no no but you're reading your notes you're gonna say something from your notes yeah well, i'm gonna say that the winners were phoenix ivalice cuerno taya mundo chavo not chavo not chavo, not chavo. Okay, well, uh, why don't you say that on the show then? Chavo got a win this week with Johnny Mundo, though. It just happened to not be in Lucha Underground. Yeah, but I didn't watch that shit because I don't trust streams from Mexico because I've been <laughs> fucked before. What in is the this past. like a don't drink the water thing? Kind it's of. Like, if you've ordered shit before, 
yeah. I tried to watch the Lucha World Cup, and what I saw was basically matches where there would be uh, the legends, I guess, the older wrestlers, right. sort of lumber around. They wouldn't sell. They wouldn't bump. They would do two moves. The second one would get the pinfall, and they'd win. And but what about um, Masato Tanaka-san and Pentagon Jr.? They got oh. to wrestle, but they got to wrestle for five minutes. That, I match, that overtime that whole, was awesome, though. The whole thing was such bullshit. It's like... I, you didn't for, like that? Did you watch that part? You gotta go watch I that. I watched. They do the sudden death matches. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm ta- not talking about the gimmick. I'm just talking about seeing Pentagon working with Masato Tanaka was fucking awesome. That yeah. was cool, but they fucked, up, awesome. they fucked up the ending where they're trying to do like the pinfall that was before the before it, no. What happened was that they're, was supposed, to be they're supposed to have thing. a pinfall that that stops after the buzzer or something, right. right? But the thing is, they did the pinfall with one of the guys already holding onto a rope, right? It was kind of blown. I mean, look, it was a little bit of botch mania. Hey, all so that I didn't matters, watch it. All that matters this week is that fucking Pentagon is in a six-way match to get a shot at. Well, and this excited. is the thing that I will say that yeah, no. And move. Cuerno, woo! Uh, Team Cuerno. Team Cuerno. Team Oh No. Woos and oh la la. Look, the, the good thing about <laughs> Mundo's cheating is that. It got Pentagon Jr., who's been absent from in-ring television work for a long time now. Two and a half months. Back into the title picture in one single match. Yeah. Because we were talking about last week, like, what do you do with Matanza? How do you get Pentagon back in the title picture? Well, this is how you do it. Yeah. I got to say, I'm warming up to the Spanish fly. I really didn't like that move. Oh, the stuff I put in your drink? The no, Spanish, it the just way, it looks like the way it was done this week was was better. Yeah. yeah, like it looks like just like a pure flippy flippy thing, but when you do the flip, but then the guy taking the impact of the move, when he's the one that actually falls down and the other guy falls on him. Mm-hmm. But that's like the it, thing about flippy like shit moves move. is, you know, first people are trying to learn how to take them. When you first start doing a flippy shit move, people are trying to learn how to take them so that they don't die. Then people have to learn how to sell them and how the sell yeah. works. And I think what you're seeing and experiencing with that move in particular is at this point in time, other wrestlers have now figured out how to sell that right. shit. Yeah, because it looked like it could have been like a flippy rock bottom or a flippy flatliner. You don't right. know. It's like whoever Depends stands up. You, yeah, because the rock bottom and the flatliner are the same fucking move. It's just whoever stands yeah. up first. So the end of this match, um, we have our... Yes. Look. Mundo beats Ray. And Puma at the same time. Yeah, but well, Pentagon I mean, did all the work. And yeah. and there was a little bit of crotching going on at the end there. With oh, did Ray you like that Puma. spot? I, I Honestly, after the last three weeks of Lucha Underground, I think I can officially say I'm good with ever seeing anyone get hit in the nuts again. Oh, what the fuck? How are we doing a podcast with this guy? Oh. I would I mean, punch Byron in the nuts right now. This if has got to be the 23rd nut shot in three hours of wrestling. Fuck yeah. It's professional wrestling. What else do you want? I can't wait until fucking Not uh, every shot to be Mr. Punch Cisco the punches the renegade in the dick. Oh, God. And uh, escapes. That won't yeah. That won't happen. So... Um, oh, can I? You know, what was no. awesome about the uh, the nunchuck match was <sighs> the, the two matches. Ago. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh my god! The, the, <laughs> the guitar solos. Oh, I yeah. love that's happening. And then you guys asked for it last week too. Yes, yeah, we actually doing. Thank it. you. Maybe they heard you. Maybe they went back into post and sweeten that shit up. You know, it's interesting. They're they're using uh, our creative input for free. That's cool. Yeah. 
Pyron, I just, just want tickets. Just You're work. never you. going to get paid just, just for your work. knowledge of wrestling. Working for free for our love of the game. Okay. Yeah. And well, and I mean, then look, Johnny Mundo, sure Johnny Mundo gets a sound effect like on the entrance. He got uh like the whatever. I thought that was Taya's sound effect. That was no, Taya's sound effect. That was Taya's. Yeah. Well, Mundo gets his rainmaker pose, which was awesome. Yeah. He, yeah. Look, the production value of Lucha Underground, Chiron aside, and, and pre-match and graphics. pre-match graphics aside, <laughs> no. I, the, the production value of Lucha Underground surpasses even the best shit that WWE has done. Cool. It really yeah. does. Yeah. And, okay, so speaking of which, we All have right. to talk, talk about to the massive production value of the last segment, where Katrina sneaks into the lair of King Cuerno. Ooh. Shout out to uh, Katrina's uh, Twitter Oh, tweet. my God. Uh, if you have earlier. not gone to Katrina's Twitter in the last two days, by the time we post this, you just... You just go back and find the most fire thing that you can on her thread. It's amazing. Dude, it, it's now Thursday, 8, 12 p.m. California time. Yeah. And I am audibly retweeting Casey's this tweet right now. Didn't we already fuck? I've been up since like 4.30 this morning. We got to hurry up with this shit. Okay, so <laughs> basically what happened is Katrina shines her magic rock. Mil Muertes fucking wakes up, smashes out of the case with his fucking face. Headbutts. The glass. And has red eyes now. His eyes are red, which Maybe means... Maybe because he's got broken glass in them. I don't know. Broken glass everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So how much do you shit your pants <laughs> so when you go home and you're King Cuerno and Mil Muertes is fucking gone and there's broken glass all over the place? Glass that clearly so, came from the inside of the case. Basically, you're saying Katrina got a rise out of Mil Muertes? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Like, what do you think was happening before she woke him up? Well, first of all, this means uh, like you're, we're skipping over the part where like Katrina's not dead, and where Katrina no, again she, she teleported out, right? Because don't put her fucking power rock in the coffin with her. We yeah. said this already, and now yeah. it's now Fucked we have up, been Dario. proven correct. Don't throw a crazy two hundred year old bitch's fucking power rock oh, in she's a coffin only like with her if you're trying to kill her. No, she's one ninety seven to be. Dude, this fucking show was great though, top to bottom. One of the best shows that Lucha Underground has done. Would you guys not agree? I agree. The in reaction was awesome and the the camera work, the editing, the direction of all the production just highlighted every single moment, captured every single moment the best way possible. It was awesome. Like fuck yeah. Like, uh, one of the highlights of season one was, uh, um, Angelico dive yeah. and they released all like eight cameras yeah. that got yeah. that shot. And this, um, it feels like on this episode, like they had every single big spot, like hit that well. Well, and this is the thing I'll say about this episode. I think that this is an absolutely run of the mill, average fucking Lucha underground. And by oh. that, by that, I mean, it was great. I think this is the stride that they have hit where their average <sighs> where their average is way way above anyone else's mediocre show. This is what Lucha Underground does when they're not even trying to do their best work. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the look, the kill shot Marty Angle was not huge. Mm-hmm. The Lotus mm-hmm. Dragon Tech announcement 
not huge, mm. and yet they made it feel fucking mm. epic. Pentagon is in a match for a title but shot. But that's what I I'm saying. Here's... I'm saying this this angle with this swerve of him coming out in a thing, which on any other wrestling <sighs> oh. show, come on. Oh, if, can I provide a counterpoint? If EC3 had come no. out limping on crutches in TNA and then dropped the crutches and hit somebody and gotten himself back in the title picture, you would be like, thumbs down. But somehow when Lucha Underground does it, it's fucking amazing. Hold on. Hold on. First of all, with TNA. I would never see it because I don't watch that shit. TNA, exactly. uh, they're broken like broken Matt Hardy right now oh, is probably the best character in wrestling. Oh, no. oh and, God. So amazing. And so bad. And uh, they did such a bad job with that one segment. And it's the best thing on, on wrestling like, TV now. Uh, and now Matt Hardy looks it. like yes. when Razor Ramon shows up in the resurrection of Jake Snake. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Oh, you haven't watched the resurrection of no. Jake the Snake yet? What the hell? Right, you have guys. Netflix, I, right? Are you a communist? It's on Netflix instant right but, now. Jesus but, Christ, Brian. But I'm saying... How are you on a show about wrestling? What I'm saying is two things. One, Impact... See how much MMA didn't watch. I've, I've heard Impact is actually pretty decent these days. Now, yeah. I've heard it from the interviews from the wrestlers in the show. But I don't know. Yeah. Okay, stop, they, stop but, sucking their dicks. But Lucha what? Underground, I think this episode was one of their best ones. Like, production yeah, value. The matches go. were great. Like, Arrow Lucha Stars. That's what I'm saying. Like, Arrow, I'm saying it No, was. but I, this stands out to me because everything was so well done and it was jam-packed with so many big story elements. But like, I think And I you think have, like, Arrow Stars Dive. I, I, the shot of Arrow Stars Dive was just amazing. Yes. Ah. And then Drago had a dive that they got, too, with a great camera shot. This and is then, the point, Byron. But then you have. Did you not listen to what I was saying? I think saying? it stands out because every the Marty Killshot thing was a big deal. They had so okay. many big things that were focused on Dude, that they knew that they I had to make a brief. You know who else did that? Mill, it don't mean bad. It means Fucking good. Fucking UFC 199. Oh my god. Who watches that anyway? So <laughs> then, Can like we just the go? Lotus thing. Oh, I'm like, going home, dude. Come on. Hurry the fuck up, UFC! Come on. We do have some UFC to talk about. What's your, um, what's, Byron? What's your? I'm point? just saying. I think this you like was it. good. I think this was an above average I Lucha think, Underground I show. Think the show was good, my, and it was good. I my, think you missed my good. point entirely. My, which my, is that my counterpoint. An average show is above average. I got what you were saying. Eh, that's like, is that a humble brag or is that a backhanded compliment? Did that seriously? It's not a backhanded. Compliment. I don't know what any of those no, mean. Is it one of them? You don't I'm putting know. everyone else. else? I'm putting everyone else down. How is it a humble brag? All that makes no sense. Okay, I'm putting UFC everyone else down. How how did you like it? Okay, Byron? look. So, okay, look. On a scale of one to ten, what do you give Lucha Underground this week? Nine. Eleven. Ten. Great. We're done. No, I said eleven. <laughs> okay. Right. You said eleven. He said nine. I said ten. Good. good That's match. an average of a ten out of ten. I good take. Match. I take They've a done point well. off Hold on. Flamita. I want to. I want to steal Urban's. Our compliments to the chefs. Can yes. I, can I steal Urban's gimmick and just kind of make grunting noises? You are stealing Urban's gimmick. You're clearly drunk right now. Uh, clearly. Clearly. Uh, so. hey, what was it? What's the guy that makes your shirts? Twitter. What? <laughs> can you okay. shout him out? <laughs> the, L, the L Butcher. We do have to talk about UFC 199. Uh, yes, we do. And, and we do. several other pieces of news, oh too. Oh, my God. I'm going to blow through UFC 199, which Wait. is amazing to me because of the fact that this is probably one of the best cards, top to bottom, that UFC has had in a long time. Hell, yeah. Um, the first match I'm going to talk about, I don't even think you've seen. It was on Fight Pass. The then very, very no. first match. Oh, my God. This dude, Polo Reyes... Versus Maestro Dong Young Kim, not 
the uh, not to be confused with stun gun. Same name, different fighter. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fucking confusing. So so confusing, and they both like have completely the same backstory too, but totally different guy. This is the very first match of the night. This shit was on the level of like Stefan Bonner, Forrest Griffin. These guys did the Fuck. fucking almost knocking each other out. I'll 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 log you into Fight Pass, and you have to watch this thing. It's crazy, Casey. Um, amazing until Polo Reyes finally puts uh, the maestro away in the the third round. I want to say, yeah, just really crazy. Um, so if you have fight pass and you missed that, because honestly, even people who have fight pass, a lot of times aren't paying attention. Like a lot, I was at a barbecue and we were walking around and doing shit and I just had, had it on in the background and it was like halfway through the first round, somebody was just like, Oh shit. Like somebody sitting in the corner was like, Oh, oh shit. So then we all looked up cause my boy has this projector outside. So nice. we're like roaming around, having fun. People's kids are playing and shit. We're barbecuing. And then it was like, oh, snap. Let's hit the rewind. We went back, rewound this thing, and we watched the whole fight twice. It was that fucking good. Nice. Um, craziest thing. It could have been one of the fights of the year if these guys were more well-known. Um, moving on. Go and watch have it if you haven't seen it. fun looking at Twitter, Byron? Kevin yeah. Casey versus Elvis Matopchik. This fight was actually called a draw, which... I haven't seen a draw in forever. One judge gave it to one guy. One judge gave it to the other guy. The third judge gave it to nobody. Wow. That's, that's, that's so weird. It was. It's very unusual in MMA. But Thanks there, for that input, Byron. Expert um, analysis. But the reason why this is kind of important is Kevin Casey, um, great jiu-jitsu guy, great and is also name. the son-in-law of Muhammad Ali. Fuck yeah. And was fighting right after his father-in-law passed away. Um, for Kevin Casey, I will say win, man. that getting a draw at this point in his career is almost unacceptable. He's got to get his gas tank fixed. I understand if he was dealing with some shit with his father-in-law passing, mm-hmm. which I could understand, and given you can't back out of a fight, so maybe this is the best-case scenario for him. But he's got to get his cardio together. He's got to come stronger in the third round. There's no reason why he should have lost this fight. His jiu-jitsu is on another fucking level. Um, he's just got to start showing it, and he could be moving his way up into at least the middle parts of the card. He shouldn't be the second fight on fight pass or whatever he was. It's not a good place to be. And a draw is not going to help that. Um, Bruce Leroy versus Cole Miller. Yeah. We talked about this match last week. Yes, we did. Hold on. There's a guy named Bruce Leroy. It's his nickname. His His name is Alex Caceres. Um, What? He he has a big afro. He looks like Ty Mock did in the Last Dragon movie. Um, this sounds racist. And rest in peace to Vanity, who died not so long ago either. Um, anyway, so this match was originally supposed to be the BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver match. Then yep. it turned into BJ Penn versus Cole Miller. Then Cole mm-hmm. Miller had to pull out. And then it turned into Bruce Lever versus Cole Miller. And everyone said, including me, on this show last week, Cole Miller will most likely destroy Alex Caceres coming in on like 10 days. You know days who didn't fucking say notice. it last week? Casey fucking Nielsen. Exactly. The real Lucha Gringo. I didn't say it either. Bruce Leroy... <laughs> Put on an amazing fucking performance. Um, this kid just came with some spunk. It wasn't the cleanest fight ever, but he caught Cole Miller off guard. He was putting fucking hands on him. He was being slippery. He good was times. getting out of moves. And Cole Miller is good at jujitsu. Um, 
So huge props to Alex Caceres. I do got to say I was shitting my pants on that armbar, though. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and this is the fight that... Th- this fight kind of set the tone for the rest of the night to me. You got a dude kicking his way out of a fucking armbar. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, scoot a little closer, Casey, because yeah, we yeah, want, I, want, I want to hear did you. Did you want me, the did you want me to mic. unplug the mic while Casey talks? No, no. Hey, you having no. fun uh, tweeting? And we'll get yep. to some stuff that I need you to talk about, too. There, CM Punk. Boy. Yeah, we'll yes. get there. We'll get there. Um, uh, Benil Dariush, I did not expect him to beat James Vick either. Kudos to him. James Vick is a fucking beast. The, the fuck are you doing, the Byron? The executioner um, oh, suffered yeah. his first loss, and and boy, was it ever a loss. So I hope yeah. to see him come back. I was not expecting that one. It's not a and good And this was a good night for unexpected stuff. Um, Clay Guida. Uh, yeah, Clay Guida. Is if t- he only held on like 20 more seconds, he might have won the fight. Like, I'm not saying that every judge would have had him winning. I know. It's such a shame, too. Uh, um, I was kind of pulling for Clay. I, I don't have any special allegiance to him or anything, but I kind of want to see him pull it out. He, however, did not do such. Uh, Brian Ortega is definitely looking like an up-and-comer after getting that win over. Guida's one of my, Guida. like, top five or ten favorite fighters, so I'm a little biased here, but I was fucking crestfallen. Yeah. Um. So then we moved into a match that I did call right. Dustin Poirier beating Bobby Green. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the thing about Dustin Poirier, people forget his loss to Conor McGregor did something to him. It, it changed him. a him. fucking beast is what it did. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah, but not at first. Like, he's turned into a different guy. He even talks differently after that fight. Like, he had a certain kind of swag. And, this was the, and that was the fight. I had Poirier picked over McGregor back then. I did not believe in the McGregor hype train at that point in time. Mm. And Poirier didn't either. Mm-mm. A lot of people didn't. He and Poirier was supposed shit. to win that fight. Mm-hmm. And Connor derailed him. And that was the really the start of Connor's meteoric thing. Everything before that was posturing. When he took out a guy like Dustin Poirier, who at the time was at his height, it meant something. That yeah. was the fight where, where that and then Chad Mendez were the fights that really made Conor McGregor mean something to real MMA fans. Like where real MMA fans like me had to be like, oh shit, I thought this dude was full of shit. Conor McGregor's fucking real. He took out Dustin Poirier. He took out Chad Mendez. Fuck, this dude is for real. Even though the Chad Mendez thing was on short notes. The Poirier mm. thing was not. And Poirier was a beast. This is the first time since that very huge disappointing loss where he had to question himself as a man mm-hmm. after losing to this asshole, annoying, irritating little Irishman. Yeah. This is the first time I feel like we've seen the real Dustin Poirier back in the ring. This guy, this Dustin Poirier could still be in the title mix if he keeps it going like this. Because Bobby Green's no fucking joke. We talked about this being a murderer's row weight class. And these, this is the murderer's row part of it. These two guys against each other is a big deal. Dustin is the one that came out on top. It means something. It's a very important win. And I'd like to see him carry that momentum into whatever his next fight is. This piece of shit is tweeting about how bored he is that we're talking about MMA right now. How do you know that? Talking to the fucking enemy. Because your screen is right there. Yeah, I can, I can literally read your fucking. I also get notifications screen. when you tweet. I just got that notification. Oh, We're not how stupid. cute! He's got notifications on for Byron. I do. You have notifications for me. Yeah. Oh. I I keep it for all my girlfriends. Yeah. I would like you guys to be out of my home. 
Justin wants to stay and watch Look, you sleep. The, the last real heels said that tried to call us out for being some kind of queer. I'm just saying. They did? Yeah. That, that oh, sounds, you haven't listened to that part of their podcast yet. That sounds they, like their kind of words. It does. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I think Urban thinks that uh, me and you have some kind of thing going sexually with men. You're so right, Urban. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgot gosh. he had headphones on. Fuck. Byron is not. How did my you type. understand what Urban said? All he does is make noises. <laughs> Sex noises. He went. <laughs> I can I can communicate telepathically with the with the drunken impaired. So what do you think? Of, what do you think of Byron and Justin? <laughs> it's the Latino accent that he has. It's very hard to understand him sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> mean. You're all very mean. It's um, definitely south of something. Hey, uh, Justin. I gotta talk about the most yes! exciting Justin, fights. Justin, do you wanna? Uh, Vinny just uh, tweeted. He wants to talk. He needs to talk MMA. Do you want to call him right now? Yes, I will. After I get through one one ninety nine, we'll yeah. get Vinny on the show. Okay. All right. So, because I also know that that'll keep Byer or uh, Casey here longer. <laughs> Yes. I'm fucking tired, dude. He's got to be gassing. Like, you, you guys have complain? to understand, Casey gets up at like four in the morning for work. We yeah. don't normally record this show at this time of day, but no. we're going to probably start doing this all the time because Casey is hilarious when he gets delirious and angry, and I love it. Oh, God, I fucking hate um, Byron so much. This is such great. a good gimmick. I love this shit. I love WWE your new gimmick. Your new gimmick is awesome, Casey. <laughs> I'm going to start calling it. He's like... He's hunched over. Start like, calling him, but I gotta plug in. in I gotta plug right in now. the equipment to get him on so he sounds good. But yeah, go ahead, ha- call him. He has the one seat that doesn't have a um, back to it. Anyway, there's this old guy who was fighting at this card. His name is um, God. It's been so long since he was at the heyday of his career and pride as a two belt, two weight class champion. Um, his name is fuck Dan fucking Hindo Henderson versus Hindo. a goddamn beast of a man, Hector Lombard. Didn't look like a beast in this fight. Okay. No, but there were, like it was going back and forth at first. And it was like, all right. Yeah, he caught looks a little him. dangerous. But it, I'm still thinking, man, Hindo's probably going to lose this shit. You know, I don't want to see him lose. But damn, he's getting old. And then, like, Hector tries to catch a kick or something. And Hindo, from a position that no one else carries any kind of power. Fuck yeah. Dude. Hindo drops this bow all up in Hector's ah. fucking grill. That it was over. It was like a career-ending moment for Hector Lombard almost. It was like frightening. Like, I don't understand how Hindo got that much fucking power on that shot. It's like a fucking 9-3 to elbow. You've seen a million guys in that position try that move, and they can't get that kind of impact because you're kind of hopping backwards. You're Mm -hmm. a little off your footing. You can't really turn your hips into it. I don't know if Hindo's got an extra joint under his rib cage or what allows him to have that kind of torque mm-hmm. on these fucking moves, it's the same as the H bomb, but he catches him with the short elbow and oh my God, it was like it took his fucking head off. <laughs> Just amazing stuff. Your winner is fucking Dan Henderson. Motherfucker is older than me. Yeah. Older than me. He's a year younger Not than Not my Byron. age, older than me. Wow, that's old. Well, he's a year younger than Byron, though. <laughs> what That's else was I supposed to say? Um, just an amazing, an amazing moment. Um, oh, God. Loved every second of it. Uriah Faber, I, I thought that he was going to pull it out. I thought he was showing <laughs> something different. I called this one just flat out wrong, guys. I called Cruz, guys. Oh, my God, did I call this one wrong. 
Uriah looked like half a man. He ran away scared the whole well, time. Well, height-wise, he is half a man. Um, and and he's really questioning himself after the fight. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's it. Like, Hindo was questioning himself after the fight, too. Like, if he should go out on top, please, Hindo, retire. I don't want you. I don't want to be saying that, but that win was so spectacular. You're not going to get a better moment than that. Yeah. I think. I think Hindo should just pack it Probably. in right now. Uh, but I think Faber lap. should too. Just you know. And Faber has to also. And Faber was really questioning it. Like, look, if he can't, if he can't stand and bang with the best in the division, like not even make it competitive. He's got some soul searching to do. And like, he made the biggest for mistake. Him anymore. This is something they tell people not to do in wrestling promos. You don't bury your opponent too fucking much that if you lose to this guy, you lost to a guy with back fat and man boobs. Yeah, but see, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that Cruz gave Uriah any other choice. I mean, no. Cruz couldn't, Uriah couldn't come into this fight saying, yeah, last time we fought, it was super competitive. Even though he tried to say that, it was like everyone knows he got beat clean the time before this. Yes, he got Cruz in their first match in WEC. Yes, clean victory back then. Uriah was probably the better guy back then. And that was mm. also the fight where Cruz was like, okay, that shit's never going to happen again. Yeah, because you know what? You know, everyone talks about Faber's guillotine, but he did plenty of choking in this match, too. Oh! And I said he was going to win by guillotine. Color me stupid, called that one wrong. But there was a fight that I did not get wrong. Michael Bisping is your new middleweight champion of the fucking world. Suck our dicks, Rockhold. Oh my God. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I did say that the smart money was on Rockhold, but I also said last week that I was putting my money on Michael Bisping. And guess what, folks? That money came in. That money came in real good. Because he was a little bit of an underdog. And uh, brother got paid on that shit. Did you, why did, why you did you me and Byron gamble? pay for the pizza? Why, why, why would I do it illegally? How do you know that Hold I didn't on. drive to Vegas and place a legal bet in a... In why, why, you, gambling, why are you throwing more brother in your voice all of a sudden? Because when niggas win money, <laughs> shit is different, yo. How come we paid for the pizza tonight? Because <laughs> my money is spent. Can I ask you a question though? Sure. This is UFC related. Why do Whoa. they why, why do they call it colored greens? Collard. In this day and age. This day and age. Collard. Isn't that a bit much? It's collard. Collard greens. We should not let him drink while we do this shit. <laughs> no, no, we should make him drink more. Are you kidding me? That's no, classic. That, that's just that's a hack joke I've been wanting to say for like oh, a week man. and a half. He just feel, he, look, he's got a black friend, so he feels like it's okay. I have at least You guys two should of see the comedy. <laughs> two of them. When you add up all the halves. You, yes. So I've had what to put are you up with this comedy people? for years. <laughs> well, and, uh, what I love about you people is that you're so much fun. All right, here's what we're going to do. I do have a few more things to discuss. Believe me, you want to hear them. I have a rant about Ariel Helwani and his situation that needs to be felt to be believed. We're going to call Vinny, though. Let's call Vinny. All right. right. You know what that sound is, Byron? What is that sound? Casey leaving. Wait, no, it's the phone. It's Vinny. Yeah. Vinny. What's up? What's up? You are on the MMM show right now as we speak. Of course. I, uh... Uh, I noticed that um, Byron was uh, just, uh, talking on Twitter about, uh, you know, girl stuff, <laughs> like uh, de- decorating and ho- home decorating and donuts. So I figured you guys were talking about MMA because that's when he spaces out. And yeah, zones every out, fucking so. time, too. And not only that, uh-huh. not only that, but in our little break for me to plug in my phone, 
to try to get somebody on the air to talk some MMA with us. Casey fucking left. Can you believe this, Stu? Of course. He left. He was just like, oh, yawn, yawn. It's so late. Uh, yeah, Michael Bisping won. Yay. And he left. <laughs> so so it's just a mm show, not a mm show. Now, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is a little more of a mm show. Right. Oh, all right. Well, so so Kate, Casey's not there? What the yeah, yeah, I don't know. He just fucking, he just rolled out on us right now. Can you believe that? Well, you know, he's got to go talk to his imaginary girlfriend from Vegas, right? So. <laughs> um, did you see UFC 199? Like, we just started talking about it. I kind of ran down the card of who won and lost, but what what did you think about UFC 199? Well, I mean, uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. I kind of watched, you know, bit, you know, bits of here and there. Right. Um, after the day after, but I mean, obviously, you can, how if you if you've watched MMA in the last five years, nobody would have ever thought you would have been like, oh yeah, Michael Bisping is going to be a champion one day. There's no way. Yeah, there on, is, like, on the same card where like a 43 or whatever year old Dan Henderson is winning fights too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's like I mean, I mean, you can ask my wife. Uh, by the way, buy a hatchet baby. Buy buy a buy, uh, buy one of her dolls. Anyways. Um, what you can ask her. One time, I this is like her favorite story to tell people. One time, I came home. I had a wrestling show, and I came home like at one in the morning. But I had to watch UFC uh, 100 because I ordered it and I recorded it. And I had to watch it. She's like, just be, be you know, don't be so loud. Try to be quiet. And I'm, I'm think that's what UFC 100, right? <laughs> that's, when they, that's the big shit, yeah. Right. And, and, like, it was, like, one thirty in the morning, you know, coming home from a wrestling show, and I see this thing get just destroyed with that right hook, that H-bomb, and I just jump out and scream as loud as I can. And it was, like, <laughs> the greatest moment. So for me to, to, for me to have um, to see a car where Ben Henderson is still knocking out people, which still, is crazy. Still. Good Lord. How, how old is, I mean. 99 UFC pay-per-views later. Right, I mean, it's like, I mean, Dan Henderson, they should just take his blood and, and you know, do, you know, give it to, you know, to science because they're going to make, <laughs> you know, the, the new soldier, maybe the universal soldier using Dan Henderson's blood. But <laughs> the, same, the, same, the same car that he's knocking out people, you know what I mean? He, Which is true. I Bisping mean, is, that is... is Bisping is, is champion. Bisping is champion. Is, Bisping is main event. And, and, and he didn't win by decision crazy. either. He fucking sniped no. Luke Rockhold and took Luke Rockhold the fuck out, like for real. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not like. It's for, I mean, okay, it's not. You know, the greatest. It's not the most craziest thing. Obviously, everyone knows. It's you know the craziest thing ever ever happened in MMA is probably the. Uh, the Matt Sarah. You know, title yeah. change, that's probably like the craziest title change ever, but that's pretty it's up there. fucking close. Because I don't think anybody... Well, I certainly, I certainly, after watching him on The Ultimate Fighter, did not think that 10 years later, in back-to-back fights, Michael Bisping would be the guy to take out Anderson Silva... Who had had lost, you know, legit to Weidman, yeah, but at know, the same but, time, but, that's a fucking right. big win. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously. I mean, think about it. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, geez. It's it's 
they have that card has Dan Henderson, the person that took out uh, Fedor. Yeah. Uh, and then they have Michael Bisley, the guy that took out Anderson Silva. And then Dan Henderson. I mean, it's like literally like basically you could have Dan Henderson and Michael Bisley can just sit around and talk about like, oh, yeah, I'd be Fedor. And then he goes, oh, I'll I'd be the fighter. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like good, it's like good Lord. You know what I mean? But and it's amazing. I mean, that's it. That is the whole fucking deal for Michael Bisping right there. The Cinderella story is complete. Um, his legacy is cemented now. And honestly, even if he doesn't defend it, even if he drops the belt right back to, to one of these other guys, and believe me, I think if he's got to face Jacare or one of these other fucking killers, Joel Romero no. or one of these guys, yeah, he might not be yeah. holding on to that belt for very long. But at the same time, he can now say that after ten years of hard but work, it, it he reached the matter. pinnacle of matter, the sport. We all know, we all know the you know the British fans were dying for, they're grasping for anybody to be their hero. I mean, they had, uh, you know, wasn't that wasn't name like Dan Harvey? Yeah, Dan, Dan Harvey, Harvey yeah, so, yeah. They had him. People, you know, you know, England was saying that he was the great. I'm like, come on now. No, we, I, we he, he, look, Dan Hardy. You know, and I've met Dan a few times. Dan did great work for getting to the top of the card. And honestly, it is a huge success right. for a guy that came out of there. But, you know, when I met Dan Hardy, I was working on the tap out show and, and Dan was traveling around from gym to gym to gym to be able to get that training that would well, allow him to be that kind of guy. And it's like, people didn't understand. Sure, like right? they didn't have that in England. Yeah. Right. And sure. I mean, I mean, I, but that's the, you know, exactly. And that was the thing is, you know, I mean, I remember. I mean, you remember this because you know when 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 UFC like around the you know, you know around the time of uh, UFC 100, everyone you know everyone knew. Oh, I'm fighting a British guy. Just take him down because they have zero wrestling. Right. Exactly. You know, all the all the all the British fighters had no wrestling, like zero. They they had MMA wrestling, which was basically like. You know, throw a combination and then sprawl. Right, but they didn't really have the amateur wrestling background nationwide. They didn't have sambo. They didn't have uh, judo even, really. I mean, it's just not part of the culture of what goes on over there. They have kickboxing and boxing. Those are their combat sports. Right, I mean, that's a very good question. I mean, hey, hey, uh, hey, Justin, what do you think is better, uh, uh, wrestling sambo? Or crime my God, what do you what do you prefer? Oh, that's really tough. Now, if you're talking in relation to MMA. I would probably say the Russians um, have have done a little bit better of translating. They're both. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Which one? Which Russian? The 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 sambo type of style compared to the Krav Maga. I think that that, that the Krav Maga is better in in the streets and in real practical situations, but I don't think it's translated as well to MMA yet. I think, and I think because of the fact that it's such a a street art of of really being able to win real real fights, where you're not where you can use whatever tactics you want. I think that the problem mm-hmm. with that for MMA is that then to translate it to MMA, you have to take things away. Whereas Sambo has what? rules already in place, and you're already you know working with things. Because the thing about MMA to me is, it's not the contest, like it's not what UFC one was. It's not a contest of who is the baddest man on the planet. It is a contest of who is the baddest dude that actually showed up on that night under these set of rules with this right, but, kind of training. What, and I think the Sambo fits to that better. It, right. Well, and, and that's what it's, and that's what, it, that's what, uh, 
MMA was about at first. At first, yes. At first, it was like at first, it was like who's the baddest man? Okay, Period. That guy. Well, then that guy who who has the better uh, jujitsu? Okay, well if that guy can get you down, you're screwed. Okay, fine. Now it's now it's no more of that. Now it's like okay, Michael Bisping versus Luke Rockhold. Luke Luke Rockhold will will clean up half the division. More yep. than actually 90, more more division. yeah for sure. Right. You know, Bisping not so much, but. Can't, that's, that's not they're they're not fighting who they're not they're not you know the winner isn't how many guys they can fight in a row the winner is who can best the other guy and that's what I think happened Michael Bisping was better on that day than, under those uh, set of circumstances that day yeah absolutely they're, they're, they're not, and I think he's, he's not the best fighter he's not he's not better than you know he's, he's not because he won the belt doesn't mean that he's gonna be Jacare super easy. Doesn't mean that. What no, that means is not at all. There's a can, lot of guys beat, that can beat Bisping. Yeah, he beat Rockhold that fight. You know what I mean? And honestly, so. it's going to eat Rockhold up for the rest of his life. That a guy who may not, in the grand scheme of things, be an overall better fighter than him. And I said it last week on this show that Luke Rockhold is one of the most well-rounded fighters in that whole division. But he started to overlook Michael Bisping. It was on short notice. He didn't put in his mind the right way. And and part of it was him beating himself. And the other part of it was Michael's a damn professional and he was hungry. He came in fucking hungry and determined. And that kind of mental preparedness for a fight and the fact that Michael didn't have a full training camp. You know, I think Michael has beat himself up before in the past too of getting too inside his own head. And in this fight... He didn't do that. Rockhold didn't have that over him. Rockhold was not in Bisbing's head. Bisbing had nothing to lose. And he went out there and he was just like, you know what? This is it. This is my only shot. I've suffered, you know, this fucked up eye thing. I've never gotten all the way to the big dance. I've had these huge upsets, you know, where I've gotten really far and gotten in that, that contenders match and never gotten to the fucking title. So now that I'm finally here, I'm just going to go further than I've ever gone before. Rockhold was, I think, stunned and surprised to get that Michael Bisbing in the cage. And that made the simple fact of the matter that on that day, at that time, under this set of circumstances, Michael Bisbing truly was the better man. And that is going to eat Luke Rockhold alive for a long, long, long time. Especially if he's not the one that gets to take that belt back off of Bisbing, because I don't know that he will be. I don't think he's going to get the rematch. And I, I think know. Bisping might drop it to somebody else, and Luke might well, never get this fight back now. Well, who's, who, who would you put Luke against? I mean, I, I don't know. I, I would say I would like to see the Luke uh, Vitor fight that he wants so badly. I think that that, uh, that would be a fight that is an option now of a way for him to keep a big money fight that keeps him at the top of a card, but doesn't make Bisping fight him again. Because I think Bisping is going to go out of his way now. Even though in the past he's taken every single fight that's been thrown at him, I think he's going to go out of his way not to give Rockhold the rematch. I think think that Jacare is going to get the the fight with Bisping. I think Bisping will probably drop it to Jacare. And Luke might I, never get yeah, a chance. I mean, it's hilarious. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think I think Jock Ray's just gonna take him down right away. But yeah, Jock Ray's just gonna alligator know. chomp his ass <laughs> right up on the fucking mat, and right. Bisbing's never gonna see the feet for if Jock Ray's smart, he wouldn't let Bisbing stand stand for a second. 
Right. Are you still there, uh, Byron? Byron's here. Yeah, I'm still. I'm still here. It, it's just hard for me to chime in when I agree. When I have all the same right, points that you guys <laughs> what, what have you, to say. What, what, what was you, what's your take on the Russian Sambo Kramaga uh, um, discussion we were having? Uh, I'm half Jewish, so I'm gonna side with Krav Maga being the best fighting <laughs> thing of all I, of the things. I have no idea. If, if that's a joke, I have no idea. Yeah. Is that a joke? It's not a joke at all. He's actually being serious, and I, and and honestly, I've heard that sentiments from many uh, Israelis for sure that they love their Krav Maga. Yeah. I'm not Israeli, wow. I'm just half Jewish. And I will say that I really do believe it is one of the superior martial arts out there, but I just think that when you translate guys that have studied it very intently into MMA, the biggest problem with it is instead of adding to their skill set, you literally have to take things away that aren't legal in MMA, and that's a detriment to them um, performing it in the cage. I just think that it's something about that that style and technique. And the same thing with military personnel, too. Those guys do a lot of hand-to-hand training and whatnot and are legit badasses. But I've seen a lot of those guys get into the cage. And because of the fact that you're not legit allowed to kill somebody's ass, <laughs> like that, that it actually hurts their skill set some um, in, in MMA because they don't, they don't know how to, where to pull it back and where to scale it back to stay within the rules. Um, and that's the unfortunate well, thing about MMA. to go beyond and you're fighting your Yeah, and it's not even just that. I mean, certain moves and the way that you approach them in MMA are, are just stylistically different than somebody who's trying to even attack you to kill you. Because the other thing in MMA is the guy across the ring from you isn't trying to necessarily do you that kind of bodily harm. They may be trying to outpoint you. They may be trying to defensively wrestle you. These are things that Krav Maga is not teaching you. Because as a martial art, it's really teaching you to defend yourself in a life and death situation. And it is very effective at that. But as you know, in MMA, it's a sport. The guy across the cage from you is not necessarily trying to kill you. Yeah. So, it, 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 again, so that's not to say that it's an inferior martial art at all, because I think it's actually one of the most superior martial arts on the planet. I just think that for MMA, for the sport and for the rules, you know, it's like saying a soccer guy doing, you know, rugby Yes, they're both super athletic, but because of the rules difference, what you have trained for one may not be as effective for the other. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I've always heard people saying that, oh, you know, you know, everyone, you know, everyone always has their own style, which, which by the way, now there is no more style. Now MMA is his own style because it's basically just a bunch of stuff. But, yeah, you know, I mean, honestly, it's really the guy who can throw three different techniques together the best that day. You know, it's like sometimes right, you can I mean, outbox a dude and then the next guy that won't work against him at all. I love yeah, that. Exactly. It, so those days are the days of like one guy, you know, you know, one guy begging you know, the other guy to get down on the floor because he only knows jujitsu are long gone. Yeah. So. Um, but, but I like that. I it's know. creating a certain level of parity in MMA right now. These belts are changing hands. There's always a question like MMA um, inadvertently has become a little more like wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, anything can happen any week and things can change that you don't expect. You can't just predict that some guy's going to, you know, drop a jobber because yeah. it just doesn't happen right. in MMA anymore. It's or like, you're... nope, you think a guy's a jobber in MMA and then the next day he's the next thing. Or your champ wins I am, and you can't I am glad. I, I am yeah. very glad there's, no, there's le- far less injuries this year. Yeah. Than, than the other years when it was so bad. I mean, I don't. I mean, I remember that one year. It was, I think like the 
the matchups kept changing like every other month. And it was never the same card. It was, you know. Well, and I think good. the other thing is that we're not feeling the impacts of those injuries the same way because, as you've seen, like w- with on this card, the there was supposed to be BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver, and then Dennis Seaver got pulled off the card, and then it was BJ Penn versus Cole Miller, and then BJ Penn got pulled off the card, and then it's Cole Miller versus Alex Caceres. I think that the thing that we're also seeing now is there's enough names in the sport that they've developed since they lost Chuck Liddell and Matt Hughes and those guys. They've been really trying to develop the mid-card more. So now when somebody does drop off, you don't feel the impact the same way you used to because there's someone else there. Cain Velasquez drops out, you got a Stipe Miocic waiting there or a Mark Hunt or somebody else. You know, you've got a lot of guys that are ready to step up. And that has made a huge difference for the UFC in the past two years. And it's part of the reason why right now might be the most exciting time in mixed martial arts in general, because cards don't fall apart anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, that John Jones pulling out of that one fight is probably the last time a card really, really, really fell apart. Like, look, they lost Conor McGregor off their biggest card of the year. No big whoop. We'll just fill it with John Jones, DC. And then now, which is something we haven't talked about this week, which I'm going to talk about while you're on the phone here. We got Brock Lesnar coming back from WWE yeah. to fucking wrestle at UFC 200 after he was on UFC 100. Probably a hot bro- Brock Lesnar, too. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> I mean, for his sake. Uh, yeah, it just came out that there was some sort of uh, drug testing rule for yeah. people coming back, but they could waive it if they wanted to, and then they said, well, what? we want to. So he doesn't have to get drug tested. He doesn't have well, to pass UFC. But he's a WWE yeah, but employee. Yeah, and still I don't, still I don't yeah, necessarily think he's does, hot. He, but does he, yeah, but does he still have to make weight? Then he's not. He's gonna. He's gonna lay off that. He's gonna make weight. Well, he's yeah, like but for like but he's heavyweight, so he does have to. You know, he only has to get under two sixty five, which shouldn't be. He's like two eighty. He's like I think he's like walking around two eighty or something. Yeah, that's but that's not, you know twenty pounds isn't terrible for him. I mean, he'll just training alone to get back in the MMA ring. He'll probably get down. But there. Not, yeah, but not if he's fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. And and he's the thing is going off. You know, the, the weird USADA laws rules were that you're supposed to declare four months before a fight, which I was wondering about when they made this short-term announcement. Like, has he already been doing this since WrestleMania? Because he's been off WWE TV and said that his TV days for WWE had been fulfilled. So that's part of why he's been off. And I think that part of him doing this is that he did actually want to do this. He was the one that wanted to do this. WWE mm-hmm. was like... Well, shit, if we can negotiate something where you can do this, are you going to give us more TV days? Can we redo your deal so we can get you back on some pay-per-views? No, I, 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 here's, here's the thing. I'll guarantee you WWE did not have anything to do with this. Uh, or, I mean, maybe they did have something to do with it, but they're not happy. I think they're capitalizing on it the best they can. I think this was the best they're, thing they're for not. a bad situation for them. Because I mean, honestly, have you seen any of the stuff on SportsCenter about Brock Lesnar? There's no mention of WWE on it. There's you been a I mean? little. I mean, dude, not it's the whole focus is on the UFC. Well, but it's not. And, I mean, look, if Brock goes on the show, it's not on him to necessarily plug WWE, and it's not on ESPN to right. plug WWE. Because but, okay, the interviews wait, are being but, set up about a UFC event. So the UFC needs to, or the WWE needs to talk to Brock, and they need to get him to start right. dropping the WWE but, 
info right. into and those fine, interviews. But, okay, but here, okay, but, you, but put yourself in this McMahon shoes, all right, or just any promoter shoes. It, you know what happens if Brock loses to Mark Hunt? You have your 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 top guys has lost to the UFC guy, which everyone's like, oh, you know, it's, it is what it is. Okay, fine. What if he, what if he's not cleared and has to miss uh, SummerSlam because of it? Well, they're getting the promotion for SummerSlam for sure. Uh, so they're going to get something. They're going to get Ronda Rousey. It, it might be. Yeah, but but uh, but I look at it this way: if their days for promotion with Brock were up anyway, yeah, this is actually buying them promotion back that they couldn't have got by putting him out on house shows and Raws and whatnot. You know, if his appearance days are up, this might have been the only good solution. If you know his contract said he still had to do SummerSlam, but what? What good to you would a Brock Lesnar be on SummerSlam if he doesn't do any appearances leading up to it? Well, he did, so, he did, a, Japan, he, he did a Japan tour last year, and he's not doing it this year because he's obviously training. Right. Yeah. So maybe you know, so there, there's something right there. Maybe he's missing that. Well, and 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 well, honestly, I think white, it's a, a deeper package. To... It's a deeper package for WWE. We know now that um, they're talking to Paige Van Zant, UFC yeah. fighter, who just came in second on Dancing with the Stars, even though her last UFC fight was a loss to Rose Nama Yunus. She is still becoming a huge superstar, and they're talking about getting uh-huh. her as part of the trade um, with Brock for SummerSlam. So that'll bring in a few more eyeballs, and especially... And sure. honestly, those eyeballs will pay off better in WWE than and UFC. I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure they will, but can I, can I just be the wrestler in this? Oh, absolutely. And, and- and can you be a pro wrestler and, and tell you how fucking pissed I am that they're even shopping the idea of bringing in Cage Van Zandt or Ronda Rousey? Well, Ronda Rousey have, would be at WrestleMania. It kind of yeah, it sounds like if both. However, if there is as a pro wrestler, I am completely pissed at the fact that they're doing that because they have people or they have awesome and I mean awesome uh, well, women, people that have earned like it, Sasha, yeah. like Sasha Banks and fucking. Uh, Bailey, yeah, Bailey who, needs to get who, on the big show. Who who are, who are just not doing any shit? They're like, nah, I don't even think Sasha's on SmackDown. I know she's injured, but there's there's yeah, you know, fucking um, you know, they're, they're, they got they got they got the you know they're they're women who are super good, ridiculously talented. They're doing they're spending it on on uh, on you know the, the panels for the pay per view. Talk. Well, it, but, but here, talking, here's what I'll here's what I'll say. They're talking about bringing in. They're talking about bringing in celebrities. With Paige you know Van Zant, with Paige Van Zant, it's a complete slap in the face because she is a lower tier um, star as far as UFC is concerned. And honestly, she's going to bring more numbers in based on the fact that she just came in second on Dancing with the Stars with than the her stars. USC right. career. It's going to pump her up. So more than WWE. basically what you're saying at that point is you're bringing in some reality show contestant and giving her right. a spot that a wrestler in. could yeah. have had. Now with Ronda exactly. Rousey, however, I will say this. Ronda has her foot halfway into WWE already. She is a real wrestling fan. She has trained mm-hmm. some wrestling, um, and I think that her future really is with that company. She will make that company and real money, and, that's, and, and for and her, hot-shotting her that's in fine. might be worth but, it. Well, I think Stephanie that, has fine. a head-on for bringing her in. Yeah. And that's fine, and that's fine. You want to you run around, she wants to quit MMA and become a WWE wrestler? Fine. I think go so. To the, go, to development, go, go to the developmental center, you know, go to NXT, and and you know wrestle with people like uh, 
Uh, you know, you know, well, you know, don't go to WrestleMania. That's and here's the, here's the problem. They're not going to do that. And they're going to have her work an well, angle they, with Stephanie, you know, who also they can, they can work. The, they can work the angle. But, you know, they're not going to work an angle. They're going to put her in a match. They're going to put her in a match. I mean, they already set they set it up at like two WrestleManias right, ago. They're going to put her in a match. Now, now, if you're going to put her in a match and you're going to have fucking like 19 million runs, it's going to be awesome. But, you know, it's, at the end of the day, it's going to hurt the product. It's going to hurt the actual... Unless, you know, the actual unless what you do is you take the two top women who are feuding at that time and Stephanie falls on one side of that and Ronda falls on the other side of that and they're actually the special attraction part of that match sure. to give the other two the and, rub. Yeah. And if that sure. happens, you and, actually and, will get some of that heat onto the right place where it deserves to be. But, you know, right. Stephanie might not but do the, that. And, that's going to be about see, Stephanie's ego. She doesn't put anyone over. But that's, the, see, but that's the thing. WrestleMania isn't about, you know, it shouldn't be about that. She, you know, WrestleMania should be about the two top competitors having the, having the match. You know what I mean? They shouldn't have... like. Just like and who's just, that going to be just, next just like year, the, though? Cena and Rock again? Oh, <laughs> I mean, I they're like, talking about oh, bringing those guys both in, in for, for WrestleMania again, whether they're against each well, other or with each other or whatever. Well, they're look, still going to be this, taking up spots, too. Well, look, I mean, well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this last WrestleMania, everyone hated it, and I hated it. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. Because, well, and the reason why is because, look, they, they brought it all... Yeah, you know, we we all love Stone Cold, The Rock, all these people. But guess what? They they brought them in and dropped out the main roster like in three seconds. I mean, then, I mean, fucking um, Rusev and uh, you know and Del Rio, they all got dropped out by Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they had, then they had you know the Wyatt family like... completely got destroyed in three seconds by The Rock. For what? No buildup. No buildup at all. Well, it's zero. It's cheap pop. Cheap pop. The next. It's a yeah, sure, cheap pop. And then the next week, guess what? They're the main rosters. They're they're the ones that are going to be there wrestling every week. They're the, and but everyone's going to remember. I remember when the Rock beat you in thirty seconds. Oh, I remember when. when well, Cole look, gave you the, I don't think that this is just a reb, wrestling problem either. We're having the exact opposite problem with that because the news that has gone under the radar this whole week is the fact that CM Punk's first match in UFC was basically announced. They say that on um, the UFC 202 card, now August 20th, it's going to be CM Punk versus this Mickey Gall guy. And the fighters fighters are fucking pissed, though, because here's a Conor McGregor card, you know, where anybody who's on the pay-per-view part can probably make some good money if they've got some points. Um, And CM Punk is taking up a slot basically on the main card oh yeah being For an sure. unknown as a mixed martial arts fighter fighting a guy who's two and oh who's also pretty much sure. un- other than the reality show slot i think it's fairly different. unknown i think it's different with ufc though because when you bring someone outside professional wrestling into a match um it's predetermined and you have to put over the new person so they promote your show or else they don't do it. So now you're you're putting someone else outside over your sport. With UFC, it's a real fight. So when they bring in a CM Punk, they don't have to worry about a professional wrestler. Um, no, it's the same he's... thing. It's, a, it, it's, a, it's actually the same thing because the, the, that guy that's in that pay-per-view has spent the last like five years, you know, fighting at, you know, you know the local, you know, Indian casino. Yeah. You know, you know, driving, dri- you know, driving, you know, himself there, you know, uh, 
um, no sponsors, just so he can get to you know the, you know the prelims, like you know those those, yeah. those those shows that you see on the website. Then he keeps going, keeps going, and then he finally ends up getting on the main card. CM Punk got there his debut, but it's not like it's, it's not like he, he he's debuting in UFC because he's like an Olympic, you know. Uh, fucking you know, judo champion. No, or he's purely he's, you know, he's purely there because he, he, he's, he's a draw. But yeah, but I he, think he, that he's there. He's there because he's a draw. He's there because he's a draw, and because he likes MMA. So if so, basically, if, if Shaquille O'Neal has a fight at a UFC two two, how would you feel about that? But the thing was, the, <laughs> maybe we could get you on a UFC card, <laughs> well, Vinny. It sounds like you probably got more qualifications yeah. than CM Punk. Well, Shaquille O'Neal, I think, is still trying to get that WrestleMania match. Yeah, but really. um, but the, that's not, but, but like saying, CM Punk like, will there's sell there's the. No, there's no qualification. Okay, but but then but okay, but fine then. But uh, if you're trying to if you're trying to tell me that you're trying to sell, then you're trying to sell it. Then it's fine then. You, you you know then that's not then. But you're going away from. Uh, UFC thing as a real sport. Well, what, you know I, what I mean? Like, my, well, my thing is like I think I think everyone thinks that CM Punk is gonna lose in his at least in his first fight. It's not gonna go well for him. And I think that's where that's where I don't think that everyone thinks he's gonna lose. You you watch. I bet the odds come in strongly with him ahead. I mean, well, I won't bet on him. How, how do you do like a year of training versus a lifetime of training? Well, like, but this Mickey Gall kid has only really been an MMA fighter for a year and a half himself. But the other thing is, while CM's been out having his surgery and trying to learn his craft, this kid's been in the ring and had a couple more fights and yeah. has actually looked really good. Like, I think it's when he gonna... took out the Truth Jackson, who I know is a great kickboxer. I mean, he's not an MMA guy either. And, he, and yes, he is a journalist, but the truth. Um, that dude is a legit fucking kickboxer, yeah. and Mickey fucking worked his ass. So uh, I just think it's a chance to make UFC some money and then establish that a real really? UFC fighter on, really? is. Well, but here's on, the other angle to this: okay, is do minute, we think minute, that UFC, but is UFC hot shotting literally just like wrestling? Is UFC hot shotting right now so they can sell the company for more money? Do they, exactly. Are they at the point where they don't give a fuck? I, they'll bring in Brock Lesnar. They'll bring in CM Punk. Exactly. They'll book Conor McGregor against whoever, even so, if he's going to fucking lose again, just because they're trying to hot so, shot I mean, the fucking show. I mean, I mean, I mean, listen. I mean, you just told me that they're using CM Punk to, to make money. Are you fucking kidding me? In the, in the same pay-per-view as Nate Diaz versus Conor McGregor, they didn't need money? Well, I'm just, you can have, that's why I feel like it's hot shotting because it should be the headlining fight on like an FS1 card. It should be a special attraction exactly. on something smaller. They should smaller. use them to make the money, but also like they're going to go they over. Don't need, they don't need that. They don't need that. They don't need that. They don't need CM, they don't need CM Punk to make money. They're trying, they're trying to do this for, for whatever reason they're trying to do it, but it doesn't make sense. And sure, you know, it, 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 it's just like if, you know, like a perfect example, there's there's an MMA fighter, a uh, former MMA fighter, is wanting to become a professional wrestler. There's two actually, Shayna Baszler, and mm-hmm. um, uh, Matt Riddle, right? Right. Well, how come they just walk into the WWE and just start on the main roster tomorrow in WrestleMania? They they're actually they're not even getting a chance to be in the medal. They're doing indies. Well, I mean, Riddle had a little bit of a name, but he didn't. You know, they are yeah. they also weren't big names. Well, what do you think about? They could have been, but they're but they're known, but they're known though. Yeah, you know what do you mean? think? Like, what do you guys think if CM Punk was coming in to do, um, their show? What is it? It's um, Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate Fighter. 
What if what if you think I think people would think that was more of a gimmick and I think they hey, even talked about that. Kim, Kim, yeah. Kimbo did it. Kimbo, Kimbo did, did it. Yeah. Like you'd see him training, you'd get to see it. him do and, and Mitch Roman and Schaub and these guys that had other Roy sports careers. Roy, yeah. Roy, Roy Nelson was And Roy was a champion in. in IFL. Roy was an actual legit fucking champion in exactly. IFL and he still did the so reality show. But Dana also fucking hates Roy. I think Dana was trying to bury Roy on that fucking show, and it was the worst thing that ever happened because Roy was like, "Um, I can't be buried by these fucking guys that you put me around. A bunch of ex-NFL guys and Kimbo Slice, I'm not going to get buried, bro. That that must have sucked for him so much for him because he he got offered that him and Kimbo fight for like, I mean, I I think they told him like he was going to, I mean, someone said he was going to get paid like almost like 300 grand or something for that fight. Or maybe even more than huge that. at the time. And then yeah. like, but, but, then he, but then he canceled and then he had to go do it at the Ultra Fire for three. I'm like, oh, that's got to suck. Yeah. <laughs> I, which you know, which sucked. But I mean, look, Roy, Roy seems happy now. <laughs> even though I, I know he's not content with how he's been booked at UFC recently. But I mean, look, it became the only show in town. He did everything he could at the other shows he could get into. And for him... You know, Roy just sadly at the peak of his career, Strike Force had been bought up, Elite XC was gone, IFL was gone, like every other place that he could go was gone as a heavyweight. I think, I think that my point I'm trying to make is yes, if there, CM Punk is a huge star, sure. Um, is how many of those fans are going to watch UFC two or three? Yeah. I don't, I'm not uh, I none. Mean, I, I would hope. <laughs> I, I don't know as you're, much as you guys you're, about you're this. Me, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think that it's uh, it's yeah, short term and it's short it's short sighted to a certain extent, yeah. and that's that is the definition of hot shotting when you're trying to pop a one time reaction out of people and that you don't get any longevity out of it storyline or company wise. It might just be a way like for Dana. Dana doesn't talk too much trash about wwe but it might be a way for him to sort of assert his brand over that brand well and he's done that before and i i think it is oh, yeah, a little bit talks, of that he talks plenty of it but he does it's yeah just really, it's, it's just really weird to me like i mean i get it i mean but i mean i like honestly like like the kind of person that cm punk is it would have been almost better if he would have just he if he would have started like from the bottom and started training like at Greg Jackson's gym or wherever he's training. I think he's training in. I don't even know where he's training, but let's say he trains at like a Greg Jackson, and then they do like a yeah. almost like a twenty four seven like special on on the UFC fight pack, and because that way he can actually talk and people can actually start liking. Yeah. Well, him. and I think I mean, honestly, I think they came at him with some of that stuff. He's up at Rufus Sport though. He's with Duke Rufus and those guys up north, um, where Pettis was for a while. That, but you look and Pettis, uh, Pettis even went down oh, to Pettis. to Jackson's recently. Didn't necessarily help, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the, the Rufus camp in general, um, you know, and I won't get too into that because I got friends that come in and out of there. But um, nah, come on now, nah. you're a journalist. I, I, will, I will just say this. I think that uh, it does not I'm instill bad. confidence in me like Jackson's camp would for a guy like CM Punk. I think that there are guys at Rufus's camp that can do really well in that environment. I think the structure that CM needs would be better at a place like Jackson's. Like, look, when BJ Penn was all of a sudden talking about a comeback, everybody's like, ah, shut the fuck up, BJ. We've heard this before. You're an old man. You don't train hard enough. We know your shtick. But then, all of a sudden, he shows up at Greg Jackson's. He's taking photos with those guys. And Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn are saying, no, no, no. 
we're giving BJ the stamp of approval on this. Like he's really turned a corner. And then all of a sudden, everybody shut up immediately because the credibility that those guys have, if they can keep guys like Cowboy Cerrone, and I know Cowboy Cerrone, that motherfucker is crazy. He is batshit more than a Diaz fucking crazy. If they can keep a guy like that in line enough to be winning three out of four fights in a year, believe me, that's the camp you want to be at. Because Cowboy Cerrone should be Jason Mayhem Miller at this point. He should just be batshit fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And they brought back Olovsky, you know, from the brink of nothing. They're the guys who made a champion out of Keith Jardine when he really should have just been a tomato can. Like, but that's what. But that's why uh, we, we were just talking about. It's not. It's not. You know, the baddest person or the toughest. The toughest person in that cage win. It's the person that beats his opponent. Yeah. And that's all Greg Jackson does. He doesn't. He doesn't make like the greatest fighter in the world. He makes the better fighter on that day. That, yeah. For, and he. For, and, for and, that it's, and it's and it's really fight. Greg too. I mean, he's he's a student of the game. He watches the tapes. He tries to figure it out. He tries to crack the other guy's code. He gives you the tools you to beat the other guy. He is. He's you know mask. My boy Mask from Tap Out used to call him Genghis Khan. Like he would call him Genghis all the time because it was like, it might not be the cleanest battle you've ever seen, but the motherfucker's going to come up with a game plan to steal your whole continent. Like that's the way. Exactly. He, that's the kind of thought process that that Greg Jackson puts in, and uh, you know, and and up at Rufus, I, I think they train hard. They train accurately, but they don't train to necessarily beat the guy that's standing across the cage from him. And that's the instruction that CM Punk's getting. And I don't know that that's going to be enough to really put him over the top. I mean, Mickey Gall's not necessarily getting that either. But, I mean, we'll have to see. Like, who knows? CM Punk might surprise all of us. He might come out there and be a legit fucking MMA fighter. But the simple fact of the matter is, when you buy that pay-per-view, I guess it's a good thing that Conor and Nate's on that pay-per-view because you know you're going to see something... Because you don't have any anyway. fucking clue what you're gonna get when you watch that CM Punk fight. We don't know how. We don't know how he's gonna handle getting hit in the head once. <sighs> Brock sure as fuck never Sir, liked it. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to see all the pictures of all the gifts, man. It's gonna be awesome. I, well, yeah, boy, it's gonna be great. Yeah, you're right. All right, brother. Well, it's 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 uh. Thank you for uh, thank you very much for uh, having me. Wait, on. wait, you gotta plug but, the uh, t-shirt. I love the new t-shirt. t-shirt. I gotta buy one. Oh yes. Yes, please go on, uh, check out, well, there's, uh, you can go to my Twitter, which is at Snoring Elbow, uh, and then you can get the t-shirt at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com, I think it's slash, slash Real Heels, but the easiest way is just to go to um, uh, my uh, Twitter, and you can check out my uh, my wife's page for Biohazard Babies, so we can get some horror dolls, and uh, I still, I'm still looking forward to uh, dying by uh, <laughs> some some kind of, some kind of movie that Justin's gonna make oh, where I die. Byron's always the director. I'm just gonna point him in the right direction. We'll get you killed nah, in the we'll, movie. Some, though. Yeah, we'll figure. Someone's got, we'll figure someone's a way gotta, to kill you. Someone's got to do something. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and then besides that, obviously, you know, it's it's uh, you know, the main thing we always gotta talk about is Casey's a bitch. So obviously he is. He was all excited that you were going to come on. And I'm like, okay, well, let me plug some stuff in. I go to a quick break on the fucking podcast. And then he's like, I got to go. And he's just out before I even called you. I think he got scared. His fake girlfriend from Vegas called me in. So he's going to go do that. Don't worry about it. Bang, bang. All right, boys. Well, (laughs) I'll, uh, I'll see you guys. I'll talk to you guys uh, maybe next week, but I'll see you guys in about two weeks. Absolutely. Oh, I like that. I like the sound of that, brother. We will catch up with you.
Vinny Massaro, everybody, right there on the MMM show. That's great. I love it when uh, Vinny comes on. I don't like it when Casey leaves in the middle of the show, but I love it when Vinny comes on. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of... Casey's his own sort of animal. So before I go into this this last bit of huge news this week, um, anything you want to add? Uh, I do. I do want to add. Uh, I forgot earlier, but um, uh, I think I want to give a shout out to the Heels. You should listen to their podcast. You should, uh, so that you know exactly what we're going to diss them about later. Yeah, like they <laughs> they had a lot of really um, unique insight into the chicken tenders match that was on Lucha <laughs> Underground. He did call it a chicken tenders match, didn't he? He didn't call it a contenders match. He called it a chicken tenders match? He called it a chicken tenders match. Well, that was Urban, right? Urban called it a chicken tenders match. Oh, God, that's so good. And uh, that was one of my favorite things. He botched the I word. Do, I did like the uh, them comparing Josh Matthews uh, having Vince in his head to like a phantom limb. <laughs> he said they had a phantom Vince in his head during the his commentary on the Lucha World Cup or whatever. That's funny. That was that was like insightful and funny shit. The the few matches of Lucha World Cup that I did see, it was really interesting to watch Melissa just do at the absolute worst at ring announcing. Uh, <laughs> really? She she botched pretty much any specific Lucha Underground name like El Dragon Azteca Junior. I think every time she said his name, um, she did it in the wrong order. Uh, there was Aja Kong. They don't just call him something different in Mexico. No, he did the gimmick. Oh, okay. He did. He's he oh, is God, something that's weird. But he did the gimmick. That is weird. I I was and I watched some of that. I mean, I was really just there to see you know some of the Japanese guys and a few. I, I yeah, like seeing they were Team awesome. Lucha America win. But I also feel like it's kind of a pointless win. Like, what do they do? They can't put it on TV next week because all that shit's already been taped. But also, you have Cage and Mundo. I mean, Chavo do you think at this weekend's tapings that they're going to bring in the World Cup belt and then somehow try to hotshot that into the show this season? It might be a Twitter thing. Like when Perro died, they put on, um, it didn't have to do with the show, but they put up footage right. from the memorial. Um, the Easter Bunny, I don't know if that was official, but. Well, they told Easter us that bunny. day to watch for the Easter Bunny segment to to be on the internet. Yeah, and it like, was. They they do they do a lot of internet. But it wasn't even on stuff. the Lucha website, or was it? It was on like some weird. So YouTube. it looks like someone posted stuff. It on looked video. like Mundo posted it himself. It was weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's like you got good cameras there, but I guess yeah. resin that stuff to just Melissa, throw it up on the internet is not exactly convenient or easy. Yeah, I do want to bring up that Melissa called Asia Kong Asia Kong. Okay, but that's not that bad to me. She's, I don't know if she's... I'm a fan. I'm a fan of Melissa's. I think that uh, even even with the few little tiny things that she's had go miss here and there, I think she could still be one of the best. I think that she is great for the show and on the show, but she is not a good live ring announcer. Got it. So you like it better how it translates on TV. She's great on TV. All right. And she's a great representative of the show. Uh, you know me. I don't knock anybody's opinions, whether they're good, bad, or ugly, or indifferent, because I think that uh, good constructive criticism will always help make a product that we love uh, all that much better the next time. Chicken tenders match. Um, <laughs> that's for you, Urban. <laughs> I don't know if I ate enough food for you this week, it's Urban, but it's hard to eat around Byron when... Like, it almost becomes pointless where I know he's going to be the fattest fuck in the room no matter what we do. Like, how many pieces of pizza did you have, Byron? It's hard to tell. All right. Well, look, I got to talk about one more thing. 
We talked about Nate versus Connor finally being on 202. I got to talk about this Ariel Helwani story. And I don't know if you've heard much about this, but I'm fucking pissed. I'm overall pissed. I'm pissed at Ariel. I'm pissed at the UFC. I'm pissed at wherever he got this information from. I'm pissed about a whole lot of shit. I have a high level of respect for Ariel Hawani. I listen to his programs. I like what he's been bringing to the table. I was very, I was nonplussed, I'll just say, when he left UFC tonight because I thought he was very good on that show. I liked, you know, they put him, they put him in this fucking insider gimmick. Like if you see Ariel Hawani pre-UFC tonight, he wasn't trying to scoop anyone on stories. He was the kid who was always too excited to get a goddamn interview. Like every time he would land an interview with somebody, you just looked at him and you're like, you're too fucking giddy. Like, dude, calm down. Yeah, you got some pro fighter to talk to you. But at the same time, that's part of what made him good for the sport. Like he was the guy who was so adamant that he was going to be an MMA journalist that he would just nag and go out of his way to get these fucking interviews to the point where even Dana White was like, all right, kid, look, we'll give you a fucking shot. We'll bring you and do some stuff for us. He didn't want to do that necessarily on UFC's payroll. He, you know, he's a guy who, who went to journalism school. He has a certain level of integrity. He didn't want to take a check from the company he was reporting on. And his parts of his Fox deal, apparently, um, and listen to his show, MMA Hour, this week, and you'll hear more about it. But he was kind of forced in his deal to take some Zufa money. And I think that made his life very awkward. And you could see it. They had a little falling out last year that everyone was kind of like, ooh, is Ariel getting fired, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and to his credit, he never necessarily wanted to be the news story. But this week, Ariel, and I saw it the second it happened because I just happened to be firing up my Twitter right then. Um, Ariel reported the... Um, first, the Nate and Connor fight was uh, going to officially be announced during the pay-per-view. He said that, that most likely that was going to happen. And then he tweeted, uh, and, it, and it is, by the way, it's going to be UFC 202, Nate versus Connor. They did announce it later that night, so he wasn't <laughs> wrong. And then he also said that it looks like, surprisingly, and it was a surprise to him that night too, to everyone, that Brock Lesnar was close to finalizing a deal with the UFC to be at UFC 200. We joked about that three or four weeks ago, like... <laughs> wouldn't it be great if Brock Lesnar could be on UFC 100 and 200? Ha ha ha. It was a fucking joke to everyone. Apparently, when see uh, when Conor McGregor fell off of UFC 200 with Nate Diaz, apparently it wasn't a joke to Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar was the one who was like, aha, maybe I can do this. Um, well, and and who knows how it to. actually came down. Yeah, he wanted he to do this. He regretted it when he re-signed with WWE. He regretted going out to... Diverticulitis. 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 Say it one more time. He diverticulitis. He d- diverticulitis. <laughs> yeah, diving or something. He uh, he talked about how he regretted giving up and not giving right now. Fighting but a let's let's keep this in perspective. I don't think that he regretted signing a new WWE contract. Right. I think because his contract is sick, ridiculous. I think he regretted that he feels like he didn't get to be in the ring as healthy as he could have been. And that at the beginning of his UFC career, when he still didn't really even know what he was doing, that was the healthiest that he ever was in the octagon. And he never got a chance to do that again. 
He feels like he pushed himself too far in those last couple of matches and thought that he was more back than he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got some unanswered questions. And we were talking about this just like with the Luke Rockhold thing that we were talking about with Vinny. You know, as a fighter, as an alpha male, you get a certain thing in your head. And this happens to wrestlers, even on predetermined stuff. Like, they just don't want to be seen as a chump to certain guys at certain times in certain situations. Brock, the way he left and couldn't ever do anything to erase it, especially for a guy who's in wrestling, which is a sport where you get another chance to talk some shit and and rebuild something and come back. Never had a chance with MMA to do that. So, yes, I believe this is something that's stuck in his craw. I would not be surprised if it really, really was, at the end of the day, his idea. I think that Dana and Lorenzo were really thinking that GSP was going to be the savior of that card and couldn't make that happen because it's just not a fight there for GSP. I think GSP wants a Connor or a Nate or something that's going to be that big, and there was nothing left. He doesn't want to fight fucking Robbie Lawler or Tyron Woodley or any of those guys. You see that they're fighting on... 201 now the card that nobody even fucking cares about with all these other great cards like that fight is going to be probably the lowest one of the lowest buys of a pay-per-view all year because people are going to buy 200 and then they're going to buy 202 poor 201 has probably i mean robbie lawler has been part of the two most exciting fights in the last year and he's going to get no kind of love um i'll buy that pay-per-view but no one else will um so anyway back to this ariel hawani thing he reports the brock thing and apparently, um, before it even gets to the Bisbing fight, he gets called to the back um, to talk to Dana White. He doesn't want to go at first, and then he takes Casey, his partner, his longtime videographer, with him because uh, he wants some backup. This whole thing gets fucked up. Dana White basically is like, kid, you're done here. Uh, go cover Bellator. You're not welcome here anymore. We're taking your credentials. You know, they have a little bit of a back and forth. And Dana was basically one of Ariel's biggest proponents at first. But um, Lorenzo, I think, and some other of the money guys at the company were probably like, look, it's enough with this guy. Him breaking this Brock news is bullshit. He didn't even call us for comment. And, and that was what they cited to him, too. They said, you didn't even call us for comment. Um, Ariel says, why call for comment when they're going to lie, this, that, and the other thing? I get that. Here's the first part of the story where I'm a little upset with Ariel. You still call for comment. You know, even if, you know, political reporters learn that, of course, the White House can't say certain things. They're working on a bill. They're working on something behind the scenes. President isn't going to give you a fucking comment on your story. Mm -hmm. But you still call and you still print in the story the the White House declined to comment. You know, you could still report the UFC stuff about Brock. But you just say... Yeah, the the UFC is denying this right now, but it still looks like it's close to happening. You can say that, and it doesn't matter if it's uncomfortable or what. As a journalist, you have to make that phone call. You ask for comment. Mm -hmm. Um, I do not believe that that's a good enough reason to take his press credentials. They lied flat out to ESPN the day before when they asked for comment on the exact same fucking thing. Mm -hmm. It was true. It was super true because they had a whole fucking video package for it. <laughs> it doesn't matter that they caught Rogan off guard and didn't tell him and he was all surprised on the broadcast. It doesn't fucking matter. They got damn well new. And if they're not going to comment and you're going to lie to your reporters that are covering your beat the whole time, like, look, if you're in the White House press corps and the president lies to you every fucking time, guess what your newspaper is going to start doing? It's going to start printing stories about how the president's a goddamn liar. You hold him accountable. All the time. 
And Dana and Lorenzo, guys who I have a great amount of respect for, mm-hmm. can't get away with banning somebody just because they're getting put on the spot. And Ariel didn't even call them liars. He just went with the story that said it looks like yeah. Brock is close to signing a deal from credible sources. Now, UFC's all in a huff about who the fucking source is. They're trying to plug a leak. They're trying to get rid of some fucking mole. It's like that fucking segment on Lucha Underground this week. It's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, guys, it's just a sport. Calm the fuck down. And this particular case especially, it didn't cost you any goddamn money. It didn't. It could have. And here again is where Ariel's wrong again. Ariel thinks that just because it didn't cost them money, that they still went through with the announcement, that everything is okay with Brock, he doesn't necessarily know all the particulars. Maybe Brock's deal wasn't completely done when he leaked the story. Maybe Brock could still back out of it if the information isn't disseminated in a fashion in which his new contract states. It could have given Brock the leverage and the means to say that UFC has violated the terms of their agreement because the information got out ahead of time, which according to the contract, it's not allowed to. You have to look at the entire picture because that could have been a deal breaker for something that is absolutely monumentally huge for the UFC. And I think that's where you get a guy like Lorenzo Fertitta, who's a casino owner and a fucking bona fide baller, pissed. Pissed at your ass and like, get out of my building. Didn't they... Or didn't he say that they pushed him out of his last gig? The one for Fox? Yeah, absolutely they did. But that's also because part of it, the pre and post show stuff that he was doing in the weigh-ins was actually under a Zufa contract. Mm-hmm. Because Zufa was the production company for Fox <laughs> for those broadcasts. Yeah. So whether Ariel liked it or not, his paycheck had to come from Zufa, and thusly, Zufa, as the production company, can fire him. Yeah. So if they say, if Dana White calls up and says, hey, I'm president of Zufa, I don't want this guy on my broadcast, there's nothing anyone can do about it. That's a job. You work for that guy. He can fire you. It's within the They right. can't fire him from being a reporter on Press Row. Now, they can take away his press credentials. Uh-huh. Absolutely they can. They are a privately held company. This is not a public event. It is a private event in an arena with a ticket that is sold to people. Ariel absolutely can buy a ticket like everyone else, but Mm. they do not have to issue or give him a press credential. People cannot be mad that UFC took it away. They have every right to. Actually, they can be mad about it. They can be mad about it, but... The the understanding that, that they can do it, it's just you can have an opinion on... Someone's yes. actions. Yes, you can. And they were absolutely within their right for any reason. They can kick anyone they want off a press row. And they mm-hmm. did. And here's where they really fucked up. So this guy, Casey, comes back with Ariel. Ariel wanted somebody there. Ariel feels terrible that this guy's getting kicked out with him or whatever. But that guy's fiance is Esther Lynn, who is a world-renowned photographer. And she's still at cage side. They go and get her ass and say that he's, she's one of Ariel's colleagues just because they're working for the same website that night. But she's worked for other people before, too. Mm. She was guilty by very loose association in this particular case. She had nothing to do with his leak. She's a yeah. photog. She wasn't even taking pictures for his stories. She's just there at the UFC covering a whole different side of it for the same parent company that Ariel works for. They go and yank her ass before the title fight 
and throw her out too, which is fucked up. Yeah. She didn't go to the back with Ariel. Yeah, Casey deserved to get thrown out because she he went back there with Ariel and was in the whole altercation with Dana White. And honestly, yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, you're going to bring your boy back here? You're not going to come talk to me one-on-one? You're going to bring your boy? Well, fuck you. He's gone too. I get that. Fine. It's, it's some bullheaded, dumb shit, alpha male crap. But whatever. That's Dana White. You can't expect that. But for him to <laughs> yank homegirls home out of the fucking front row where she's taking pictures right before the Bisbing fight, that's fucked up. It's also fucked up to throw Ariel out before the Bisbing fight because Ariel is half the fucking reason that fight happened. Ariel was the first one to hype Bisping up going into the Anderson Silva fight when no one thought that Bisping had a chance in that fight. Ariel did not even even coverage, but a little bit biased coverage on behalf of Michael Bisping and talking that fight up. He did this walk and talk thing through London with Bisping, hyped up Bisping. Then after Bisping won, Ariel was the first one that says, can we give Michael Bisping a shot at the title now? He's the one that put that out there and put that into the, the, the sphere of thought in MMA to the point where people like me were talking about Bisping having a title shot. I didn't care if Bisping got a title shot until Ariel made a big deal out of it. He hyped it up. That's the thing that's crazy to me about it. This kid, regardless of whether he's obnoxious, regardless of whether he oversteps the bounds, I guarantee you has been a part of making them millions of dollars. He is putting a certain amount of hype out there. He was the guy that I first heard about Conor McGregor from. Conor McGregor's the biggest thing in the fucking business now. Mm-hmm. And part of it is because guys like me followed the entire story of Conor's career through Ariel Helwani's fucking eyes. This is the guy they're going to ban. The guy that is clearly making them millions and millions of dollars just by his peripheral existence alongside of their product. And... It became personally offensive to me at a certain point because, honestly, it'd be like if Lucha banned us. We're just some guys that really love what they do mm-hmm. and have found our own way to try to put it over or participate or be a part of it. That's all Ariel Hawani is. Now, he took it a step further because he actually reported, he actually took some paychecks from them. But would we do the same thing for Lucha? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know me, I'm bullheaded about criticism and I would probably still criticize someone. I would probably get myself in the same hot water he's gotten into. I may have already. Like, Eric Van Wagner may listen to something on this podcast and be like, dude, I'm not giving you fucking tickets to the temple anymore. That was some bullshit that you said yes, on your I goddamn know. show. I, was, I would give you VIP, but <laughs> you said too much about Cuerno. And uh, we don't like that. Yeah, look. And that could happen any day. That's the risk you run. Ariel <laughs> knew some of that risk. He's been dealing with it a long time. So basically, they're all fucking shitheads. <laughs> And the rest of the media and journalistic world, though, had to come to their aid. There's no real writer's pool for MMA. Um, They haven't organized. And there was kind of a call the very next day to do that. Mm -hmm. Ariel's on Dan Patrick. He's all over the place. Legit media, that is sports media and outside of the MMA world as well, immediately rained shit down on UFC for pulling who is obviously the most well-respected journalist you know, if you do it to somebody smaller in the pool, and they have, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But if you're going to do it to the guy that people from other media resources call when they need to know something about MMA, you're going to have a problem. The rest of the media immediately made it a problem. Dana White, the day before, had said, so long as I'm working at the UFC, Ariel's not coming back. One day later, guess what? 
Ariel's fucking back <laughs> because dollars make sense. And all of a sudden their pocketbook was going to get hit. Yeah. You know, look, what would have happened if going into UFC 200, several, not even all, but just several media outlets decided not to cover UFC 200 because of the bullshit they pulled with Ariel. You cannot use those strong arm tactics anymore. This is not Midwest mafioso from the eighties, you know, and, and believe me, the Fertitas being casino owners have a certain mentality and a certain way of doing business that probably has benefited them and been very smart in the past. But when you're dealing with very major media outlets, many of which are very liberal in their practices as well, and believe yeah. in a certain type of equality, whether it makes sense or not for your business, you're going to have problems when you kick a guy like Ariel Hawani off the scene and you do it so publicly. Like, even if they were going to do that for real, don't kick the guy out before the title match because yeah. then he's got to fucking report it because he's got 400,000 followers or something. Do you think that they're not looking for what his tweet about Bisbing, the guy that he's been promoting more than anyone that you don't think they're going to be looking for his tweet. And instead of his tweet, what shows up is I got kicked out by Dana White personally tonight. Yeah. If they, if they let him do the match, then it's not a story until the next, next day to the ne next cycle or the next show. Yeah. They fucked up really bad there. It was yeah. a bad way to handle it. Um, cooler heads did not prevail that night. That was a really hot headed thing to do. Dana's been a hothead in the past, but normally he's managed to keep it behind closed doors a certain way that doesn't reach out to the public. I will end my rant here because there's <laughs> nothing good to say about the situation. Ariel's back now, but uh, his existence with the UFC is going to be on very tentative ground. I feel like he's going to fucking tiptoe now. Um, wherever his sources were that he was getting information from are probably shut up now, which stinks because then we're not going to get the unbiased information. And now I'm going to have to be fed the information. However, UFC wants me to get it. Yeah. Which sucks. Cause I'm pretty sure they, if there was a mole of any kind, that person's probably scared shitless now for their job. It's interesting that with a real sport like UFC, uh, we want that type of news. We want that behind the scenes stuff. Just but, a little bit of it. Yeah. But with Lucha, cause it's a TV show with stories and everything. We're very, no spoilers. You know, and it's funny. Well, uh, the no spoilers thing from Lucha is a little bit more out of respect than anything else. Like, there's a few things that have gone on that I wish we could discuss ahead of time. Yeah. Um, but it's also... And, it, and honestly, stories. we could. We could. There's no rule against it, but this one rule. And this brings kind of into question this thing with Ariel Hawani. The one rule is, if we... Talk about something that has happened at the temple that we know about and how that plays into some of the stuff we're seeing on TV or things we want to say on this show. We don't get tickets to see Lucha Underground live. Yeah. They couldn't necessarily stop us from doing this podcast, but they have something that we want and respect. Yeah. And they're not necessarily holding it over our heads. It's, it's the price of them doing business in the way they want to do business. And they have 500 different people there at mm. every taping that for the most part have respectfully agreed to not post that shit. Like yeah. some jackass who goes to a taping could easily just Twitter it up and fuck up a whole lot of shit for them. Uh, all the spoilers that do get posted are the worst. Yeah, they uh, they're not even accurate wrongs. half the time. But that's because you're yeah. sitting there, you're going through two and a half shows, the stuff's jumping all around. It's not in some logical order yeah. So, I mean, I've walked out of the temple and being a big fan and someone who is very knowledgeable about the product, forgotten what has happened. 
or when or how it fits into the timeline of what I saw the few yeah. weeks before that. It's very tricky to remember. So the spoilers that come out are highly inaccurate <laughs> to the point where belt changes have been reported wrong yeah. in spoilers, which is fucking hilarious. It, it was, serves them right. It was like one of the biggest moments in the show that got taped somewhat recently and it was all over the news and dirt sheets and Twitter and none of it. And it, like, there was a lot of response. Yeah. People had stuff to say about it, but none of it was right for at least a week. It was so awesome. So it was strange. hilarious. Which by then it made it so convoluted that I don't even think people know. And the other thing that people have to remember is Lucha Underground and that thing, even in particular, it was a few matches on a weekend. What yeah. if they decide to not put it on TV at all? They don't have to. They don't have to air it at all. They could explain everything else some other way. They could redo the match. Yeah, next maybe week they or have. Whenever. And the thing is, they could have redone the match in some other fashion. We could have even watched it and might not even know. They done it where they alter an ending. Yeah, slightly, and you can't tell on TV. No, why would you be able to? Because they it's do just a really re-editing good job. a movie. It's re-editing a stunt sequence. Yeah, but that—that's why I think it's interesting how, with the real sport, there's real stuff happening. You want to know that information. You want to know the scoops. But when it's uh, a story being told, right? Out of respect to the story being told, you don't want like an unfinished. You don't want the cake pan before it's cooked and, and all the ingredients aren't mixed. You want it when it's done and put together and it comes out of the And that's fresh. the difference, though. That's the difference between a spoiler and a scoop. What Ariel Hawani did compared to what MVP did are two different things. MVP slipped up <laughs> oh, and let out do. some information about storylines that had not appeared on television yet. Okay? Yeah. That's slipping a spoiler, whether it was intentional or not. What Ariel Hawani did was he got wind of something that was going to happen... He called around, he got multiple sources mm -hmm. to confirm it, and then he reported it as a possibility. He didn't even say it was fact. He said, it yeah. looks like Brock Lesnar may be close to signing a deal for UFC 200, according to multiple sources. That was it. That was the whole tweet, something almost verbatim to that. And it was like right before the actual announcement. Yeah. Was. Now, here's the thing. I think... Helwani is in hot water for other stuff. I think that was the last straw because you have to understand, people, the truth is in the middle. Just that alone, as bad as it may have been, is not why they tried to throw him out of there. The week before, he had Nate Diaz on the show, um, and Nate talked very openly, and I think what happened out of that is, as you see, the fight finally did get booked, but I think it cost the UFC quite a bit more money. <laughs> I think that... The hype that yeah. Ariel Helwani helped give Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz has literally cost the UFC millions. Well, In turn he... to him having made them millions with some of his promotion, I think literally the thing with Nate Diaz coming on his show probably cost, right out of Dana and, and Lorenzo's pocket, probably a million dollars. Well, what if he literally? What if he uh, scooped the Brock Lesnar thing like? two weeks ago, a week ago, where they they got it figured out and they slotted him in, but they didn't sign on the line. And next thing you know, everyone, that's what everyone wants now. And well, and Brock he's kind goes, of done that. Yeah. yeah. And then Brock goes, the same thing with Diaz. What if he did that 
Like he almost like nailed and it twice. used to not matter, but now UFC. When you're talking about these names, when you're talking about Connors and Brocks and CM Punks and Nate Diaz's and GSPs, when you're talking about names that big, and for the first time in UFC's history, so I don't think they're necessarily equipped to deal with it. You mm. are talking about big money. Yeah, it used to not matter. Oh yeah, it leaks that Chuck Liddell's going to fight Tito again. Who gives a fuck? Both of those guys are making a hundred thousand dollars a fight. Yeah, well, yeah, they'll go in and they'll still make their rate yeah. for their fight. And, but ma- and maybe it brings more interest. Say, but stuff like this, where you're talking millions of dollars and multiple managers and these people and and two big companies like WWE and UFC, yeah, it becomes an issue. They go, you can only fight for so long. I want more money now. Right. And and that's exactly what Nate Diaz did. And he kind of did it to Dana's face, and then he went on. Ariel's show and Ariel had been trying to get him for a while. Nate doesn't give a lot of interviews because when he does, he's just going to give it to you straight. <laughs> and he was just like, yeah, the motherfuckers want me. I don't care. And, and in Nate Diaz more than anyone was the one that kind of put an end to the Connor Mayweather talk because Nate Diaz did what no one else is doing. And he said, let him fight. Fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he called everyone's bluff. He was like, look, they can pay me what I want to get paid, and I will fight Connor. If they're not going to pay me what I want, maybe he should go fight Mayweather. Yeah. Go ahead, let him. He'll get fucked up. I know about boxers, and, <laughs> and Connor's a good boxer, but he's not that boxer. Yeah. Like, let him fight. I'm fine with that. I don't give a fuck. I just made more money than I've ever seen on my last fight, and I'm going to make twice as much as that this time, or I'm not fighting. He made it that simple. He did it on Ariel's show. Everyone heard it. I think it literally cost Dana and Lorenzo a million bucks easy. The Conor McGregor bullshit before that probably cost him two or three million dollars. Ariel Hawani is costing these motherfuckers (laughs) millions of dollars. Guess what? He's allowed. He's a journalist. All he did was call somebody up for an interview and ask him questions. Nate chose how to answer those questions. UFC... Wants to squash this shit now. It's a runaway train. They have no idea how to do it. Everyone wants more money. It is turning into what they didn't want. Um, the Connor thing not being yeah. on 200, they thought that slapping him on the wrist and pushing him off was going to help. I don't think it helped at all. It prolonged the story. It's making the story even longer. I think it's resonating in more fighters' minds. I think Robbie Lawler's going to ask for more money. Yeah. You're already seeing Rory McDonald, who had the fight of the year with Robbie Lawler, is like, no, I'm going to go into free agency. We'll see. You guys want more fights like that from me? You're going to either pay me more or Bellator is going to pay me. And a guy like Roy McDonald, if he goes over to Bellator, I guarantee you I'm going to turn on that fucking first Bellator <laughs> he's on. Yeah. You start getting more fighters like that, and even the Phil Davis thing being over there, and some of these guys, Bellator, and people go, they can get some more of them. I'm watching. I mean, a whole, an entire company with different weight classes and a TV deal, and maybe Showtime, existed because of Kimbo Slice. Yeah. I mean, that was the guy that they brought in to flagship it. Yeah. Yeah. And when Kimbo Slice lost a match and then And Gina Carano helped too. I mean, that was the real start of women's MMA. You get no Ronda Rousey if you didn't have Gina Carano and Julie Kedzie beating the shit out of each other on strike force. Yeah, because UFC wouldn't do the the No, that was back when Dana said that women had no business being in the MMA and they were sideshow circus freak acts. Now he's like BFFs with 
with the well overpaid fighters with their own production companies weren't in his vision or plan for the UFC either and Conor McGregor's damn close to it and <laughs> Nate Diaz is right fucking behind him and Brock Lesnar coming in basically being a contracted WWE fighter is exactly that yeah. that is Dana White cutting a deal with another promotion company to use their fighter that is exactly what happens in boxing that's exactly what they always wanted to avoid. Yeah. And right now, it's the only way to get the numbers that push their story further. I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's. And fuck them all. <laughs> all right. Well, we have more than exhausted our time and probably your patience as a listener. But we had a lot of great stuff to talk about this week. So thanks for I listening. Hope you thanks for enjoyed all your letters. It. Um, Lucha Click. I can't wait to see you guys this weekend. Byron's not going to be there. I'm only coming on Sunday. The Lucha Gringo will be there two days this weekend. If you see him, slap him in the face. If you'll know what that means. If you're standing in line listening to this thing, make sure you come over, give me a high five, say what's up, tell me how much you fucking hate the show or how much you love it, or if you got a question or anything, you know, we'll talk at the temple. So until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Mm-hmm.